Welcome back to Rated Radio with your hosts, Rayburn Alexander and Shane Windham. Shane, catch everyone up on your world. Well, I've been making holiday goodies for people, trying to keep myself busy so that I wouldn't talk to my wife about this week's music, seeing as she's our surprise guest this week. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) I thought Rayburn was going to pick up with something there. I I have something. Okay. What's going on in your world, Rayburn? Uh, well, I'm keeping busy as well, doing cabinets, and yeah, that's still going on. Um, apparently, I haven't been very productive. Cabinets take time. Cabinets do take time. I love that you introduced your wife, because I had a whole thing I was going to say to introduce her. I haven't technically introduced her, so no. if you want to say something, go ahead. You, you can introduce me, Raver. Okay. We also have two very special guests joining us today, one of which chooses to remain silent at this time. All she's required to do today is cooking. Jenny, I hope you remember this when thinking about who your favorite person is. But speaking of my favorite people, Megan is here, also acting as Jenny's transportation and lifeline. Megan, what's going on in your world? She's pregnant, in case there's confusion <laughs> as to why she's saying two people. Yeah, if you give a shit about the podcast, you would have known that already. So And go. Oh, I don't. I don't have anything prepared for what's going on Talk. in my world. No, you have to do this right now. Uh, the I'm pressure kidding. is real. Nope. I guess I'm just you know carrying a baby, cooking it, and um, that's more than what I'm doing, doing right thing. now. So. Can we go ahead and break the ice for people? What um, what musical artist did you choose? Because listeners don't know yet. Oh, you didn't tell them? No, I did not. If they would have been following us on Facebook True. or Instagram, they would have found out. I love that you're talking shit and somebody who hasn't been listening to the most recent episode is sitting right here. Hey, so. I've been busy listening to the yeah. music, Jeez. okay? Yeah, yeah. okay. I, she, gets a, she gets a hall pass, all right? <laughs> no, so I chose Chevelle. Yeah. Yeah. Which is your favorite band or at least one yes. of your favorite top, bands. Top, top three, probably. This is boring. Roll the intro. Yes. I have one. Yes. I guess that explains everything. Um, Since we're full of surprises, I have five songs that remind me of Megan. Me too. Let's trade hits. Okay. I knew knew you'd have that. So my first one is City of Stars by Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. Megan and I went to downtown Fort Worth to see this movie in theater. It was... It was... Just a girl's night, and I think we were just hanging out because Shane and Blue had no desire to see La La Land. I don't even remember being invited. I'm pretty sure you were invited. Maybe not, though. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe Raven was like, you should invite him, and I was like, nah. We can just go. We were probably playing Destiny. and Probably. Something was mentioned, and we just weren't listening to anything that either of you had to say. That is accurate. But anyway. And a lot of the time, she's playing, too. And isn't listening as well, so... That is also true. Usually I'm the one that's like, I don't want to sit and play around for a while. I'm derailing your story. Yeah, I thank you. Go ahead. Um, anyway, I like to joke that Megan and I, when we get together and do something, usually without the supervision of someone else, we get into some interesting shenanigans. This night, not only did we have to sit through two hours worth of traffic trying to get out of a parking garage. But we were approached by 
men dressed in Halloween getups for a, a haunted house. This was around Valentine's Day. Yes, yes. It was my bloody Valentine. And they like ran up to us on the sidewalk and were like, hey, ladies, you want to come? And we're like, um, no, we're good. And they followed us for a little bit. But then they got the message and left. But we could not get this song out of our heads the entire way home. So this is my first song that reminds me of Megan. All right. Yeah. What's yours? Well, this is not going to be a typically sappy list for me since I've been made so much fun of recently. Ah, who does that? I'm saving my sappy list for another day. Okay. First up for me is Chasing Cars by Snow Patrol. Uh, back when Megan and I were just starting to see each other, we went to Lucky Lou's with friends. That's a popular bar in Denton where we live. At some point, I got up to pee, which is sort of a traumatic experience in and of itself in that bar. Uh... And when I came back, Megan was no longer in the booth with everyone. Uh, They had her in a chair at the end of the booth because she'd thrown up all over herself. I remember joking that I couldn't blame her for not wanting to use the restrooms in the place. And she looked ready to cry out of happiness that I was still being nice to her. She deadass tried to hug me, covered in puke. Anyway, uh, this song was playing overhead. And that's the moment I had to stop denying that I was in love with her. Wow. Very romantic, I know. Very romantic. By the way, I'm going to tell you, I still have that spare bedroom that you can use at any time. For what? (laughs) Just just you're like, I fell in love with her, covered in her own vomit. Yes, he's never going to let me live that story down. He tells it a lot. I did not know what song was playing at the moment because clearly I was not um, of my right mind. He looked at you and thought, this is the most beautiful girl in the world. I was drunk too. I I think everybody was drunk. Hence the voice. It was college days. Yeah. Bars. Next pick. My next pick is Dance Dance by Fallout Boy. Mm. Speaking of shenanigans that Megan and I used to get into, I had one fucking shenanigans. shenanigans. Just over here thinking about super troopers. <laughs> I'm gonna start calling you Farva. Just... What's what's that? Uh, Farva. What's that? Whatever. Sh- we shit all over shenanigans. About shenanigans? Oh. Blue and I quote that part all the time. Anyway, I'm still gonna say shenanigans. Uh, I won free tickets through like a radio show. And it was for Fall Out Boy. And I remember being like, all right, who's actually going to go with me to this thing? Because I'm going. And I think I remembered asking, I think maybe two people. I asked Blue. And Blue's like, nah, I'm good. And I think I asked <laughs> Samantha. And she's like, ah, I'm not into that. And I was like, who can I Who can I ask? And I think I asked Megan. And she was like, fuck yeah, I'll go. And I'm like, yes. So we went, and then we couldn't move our arms the entire time. I talked about this in a past episode. We ate clumps of hair from tw- from 12-year-old girls that were so close to us, we literally could probably, you know, I probably shouldn't say that. I was going to say smell them, but uh, that's yeah. not good. Um, anyway, it was packed, like packed, sweaty, flannel everywhere. And smelling of 12 year old girls. Smelling of 12 year old girls. I'm pretty sure it was on like a weeknight. Mm -hmm. We did not expect it to be. Yeah. And so we didn't expect it to be really, really busy. And I mean, there was like standing room, there was no seats. It was just standing room concert only. Mm -hmm. And Uh, George Ezra and James Bay opened up for them that night. And that was the first, and George Ezra sings Budapest. Mm -hmm. So that was our first experience with either one of those artists because I don't think Budapest got popped popular until after that mm-hmm. and then we had to wait in traffic for probably another hour and a half to, to try to get out of the parking yes. lot so it was at um i don't remember where it was at G- was it gillies it uh I in dallas it was somewhere in downtown dallas yeah 
But it was a lot of fun, even it though was, we were sweaty. It and was something. Legs were cramping because we could not move. Like pretty much once you put your arms up to cheer, your arms were up permanently because you couldn't put them, them down. back down. Yeah. <laughs> like we were just like stuck together. Yeah. yeah. We got fun. very we got very intimate that night. Yes, we did. Whoa. <laughs> What's your next pick? Next for me is None of Your Business by Salt and Pepper. Uh, this song makes me think about our first camping trip. Again, this is before we were truly official, and it involved a bunch of friends. If you've ever seen the karaoke performance of Push It on the Grandma's Boy film, yes, that kind of gets close <laughs> to what it was like discovering a whole new side of this girl I'd been falling for when her friends started a 1,000% attitude-injected sing-along session of this track, word for word, probably knew it without the music even being on. I would pay for it to see that. I, I mean, I could probably wrap it right now, but I'm not going to. I, I would pay to unsee it, but it, it was endearing. <laughs> Respect the woman. Yep, somehow we're Respect married, her. folks. Don't know how. Speaking of that adventure, because I'm not allowed to say shenanigans. Shenanigans. Seeing Fallout Boy. My next pick is Proud Mary by Tina Turner. We were the oldest motherfuckers at this concert, so much so that they did a cover of Proud Mary, and we lost our shit. I forgot all about that. Everyone else looked like, what? What is this? What is this song? And me and Megan, who still could not move our arms, did the roll (laughs) under our chins. Literally, because we could not move our arms. We were so lit when they played Proud Mary. Yes. And I think made we, us- we were the only two singing along in the crowd because everybody else was so young that they didn't know that song. We felt so old. So I cannot hear Proud Mary without thinking of... And keeping in mind that we were in our 20s. We were not old, but Mm-mm. it... Nope. 12-year-olds. 12 12-year-olds 12 didn't know Proud Mary. Nope. They were like, um, we don't know this. Like what? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna check my phone. I'm gonna Liter- check my phone. Yeah. Everybody was looking at their phone, and we're just over there having the best time. Mm-hmm. I so. forgot all about that. Maybe maybe they knew it and they just didn't like the song. They can go to hell. Yeah, Proud Mary's not one of my favorites. So, Tina Turner is Tina Turner, though. Yeah, kind of just have to go with it. Yeah. Okay. Especially at a Fallout Boy concert because it's yeah. not what we were expecting. No, to not hear. at all. <laughs> What's your next pick? Crazy Bitch by Buck Cherry. Uh, During the college-aged years, we both knew quite a few people employed at or by the local bars, be it bartenders, bouncers, DJs, etc. One of Megan's favorite places to frequent with her roommate was pretty close to their apartment. She was on terms with their head bartender, and those two were always doing shots together. The place was almost always a mess of drunken dancing. Uh, I remember this song being played when the bartender lady finally talked Megan into dancing on the bar. It wasn't inappropriate or anything, but I've never been more captivated by a woman in a bar than I was at that moment. (laughs) And this song was playing. Yeah. Oh, the college days. Super fun. You coyote ugly, and I missed it. Um, yeah, multiple times I believe. Dang. Yeah, and then the we'd sit there and hang out until the place closed and go to. I'm pretty Denny's sure. Yeah, we go to Denny's. I'm pretty sure I got Christy up there a time or two as well. God, I would have paid to see that. Yeah, she, she is not one to do that, but uh, nice. That's good times. My next pick. Speaking of salt and pepper. Oh gosh, is Shoop by Salt and Pepper. 
This song in my crowd of friends reminds them of me, but when this song plays, it reminds me of Megan. And how surprised she can how how she can surprise me, especially when we're drinking, with some of her music tastes and how she can just come out full guns blazing. So I have the same sort of situation when it comes to salt and pepper with her as you do. I just she wasn't I think what they're trying Karaoke to say is I don't look like a salt and pepper kind of person, but apparently... I wouldn't go far as to say that. I'm She's got some hidden layers. Yeah, she does. <laughs> She's an ogre and an onion. I'm an ogre. <laughs> like Shrek. Yes. So yeah, it's just, it's shoot by salt and pepper. It just always reminds me of Megan. And I don't think that that's ever a bad thing. I can appreciate that. We should clarify here that we're not alcoholics. <laughs> the majority of this has been about drinking. <laughs> well... Yeah, college days. I mean, come on. You're learning who you are. I know. Through that whole thing. I mean, even beyond that, though, we we go weeks without having a drink or anything. It's just we've always been social drinkers. You guys are great party hosts. A lot of, like, I have a full cabinet full of alcohol if the occasion arises. And a lot of that has to do with the spread that you guys used to put on when having guests. But I've been there in the chill times, and it's not always... Like it's not a rager or anything. No, <laughs> very casual. So you're you're the, the days of Sean and the Bond parties are long gone. Oh man, the Bond parties. Get really dressed up, do highball drinks all night. You're the reason why I will never drink a drink with milk in it or cream. <laughs> I won't do it if it if it has the chance of coagulating later. Yeah, I'm just not yeah. gonna mess with it. You live and you learn. Yeah. I found out I like martini olives, though. It would have been easier to just figure out how to not get sick, you know, by drinking so much. But I, n- I never got sick at your parties. So what's the problem with milk? It's just gross. It was a gross drink, man. Okay. I got offered a white Russian by my dad the other night because he was dressed up as the dude for oh, Halloween. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, let's clarify. It wasn't some weird drink. It's a f- white Russian, right? It, I, I think so. I mean, you had a whole drink list, and I think we had to try a certain number of them. It might have been a white Russian oh, on the menu. A, one of the competitions? Yeah. Yeah. It's back at the old uh, Richardson apartment. It was probably the, the Colorado Bulldog, like Coke. Yeah. In a white Russian or something along yeah. those lines. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> my fourth pick is Irreplaceable by Beyonce. After graduating, Megan went back to her parents' place for a while, and I was working with my dad more than an hour away from her, even though we still weren't official. I was a dumbass. Uh, She made the trip to see me on more than one occasion, as well as helping my broke ass get around when I was local. It felt like this song was on rather often in the car around that time. Still uh, sticks out in my head as some sort of unspoken ultimatum she had for me. Mm. Yeah, Irreplaceable by Beyonce. Yeah. It was an underlying attitude thing for her at that point, and I got the hint yeah. earlier than I had in the previous relationships and stuff. And that's it's a good jam. It is lie. a good jam. That is a good jam. Irreplaceable for y'all is pulling me back by Chingy for me and Blue <laughs> on all the time. <laughs> and our for the first year of our relationship, because I was a dumbass. Uh, it was on the rocks. We almost didn't make it past our first year. So story for another time. Yeah. What's your last pick for the first? My last pick, and I honestly have no reason why this song reminds me of Megan, because it's a 
It's a nonsense song, but it's by one of my favorite bands. It's Northern Downpour by Panic at the Disco. This was off of their Pretty Odd album, and it is, in fact, pretty odd. Um, A lot of it doesn't make sense, but every time I hear it, the only person that comes to mind is you. So if you can come up with your own interpretation that positively highlights you, please let me know and we'll go with it. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I'd have to listen to it. So... What's your last pick? Sorry, I'm over here thinking about nine in the afternoon now. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's on the album. Last pick for me here is It's So Cold in the D by T-Baby. It's pretty common for Meg's brothers to uh, make fun of their mom's laugh. Oh, gosh. When their mom's laughing really hard, her pitch gets so high that it almost fades out of existence. Mm-hmm. For years, I joked that Megan shouldn't get in on the joke because that would eventually be her laugh too. I never actually took the joke seriously until we heard this song played while watching Beavis and Butthead. I've rarely seen Megan laugh quite that hard, and I'm now no longer joking when I say she's turning into her mother. That's not a bad thing either, just to be clear. I love your mom. I love my mom too. Ever, I've, everybody I've met that has met your mom loves your mom. It's she like is an interesting character. It's sickening how much people love her sometimes. However, this song is pretty. That's a pretty good song. If, if you don't know it's it, so atrocious. It is. It's. Um. It'll make you laugh. I'll put the clip of the Beavis and Butthead thing on the YouTube mentions as well because you have to see it in context yes. of Beavis and Butthead. Yes. Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. It's. It's a great one. Anyway, moving on to our first artist, which was. Maroon 5. This was suggested by Sandra. The albums that we covered. First album was Songs About Jane from 2002. This was my top album. This was next to last for me. This was very last for me. Okay. I gave it six fives. Five fives. Two fives. My top track was Sunday Morning. She Will Be Loved. She Will Be Loved. Sunday Morning was a five for me as well. My bottom... I've always... I've always been like really into that song. Like to this day, She Will Be Loved was played too much for me on the radio. Mm-hmm. But Sunday Morning, it's still one that I'll go back to mm-hmm. and listen to. My bottom track is Shiver. Sweetest Goodbye. Mine was Shiver as well. Anything we want to say about this album before moving on? It was jazzier mm-hmm. than the rest. The guitar and the vocals were kind of at, at equal odds. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why they stood out when they first came out. Yeah. And moving on from here, we do get a little more 70s disco mm-hmm. type even, vibes. E- yeah, even uh, there's there's some different artists that I thought they touched on in later albums. This one for me gave me, think of Alicia Keys' first album. Yep. I was going to say, um, it's it's funky. Yeah, mm-hmm. and a little bit of John Mayer in a way. Lenny Kravitz would yeah. come to mind. Anyway. Yeah, it's definitely the least poppy album, I think, that they had. And I think that's... That's a good way to say it. Yeah. Least poppy (laughs) album. Because I wouldn't call it rock. It wasn't really rock. It was more like leaning jazz, but I don't know. They were originally called Kara's Flowers, Mm -hmm. and then they changed their name to Maroon 5. So if you want to hear some more Maroon 5 stuff that's not under Maroon 5's name, go look up Kara's Flowers because um, they performed on 90210. Oh, yeah, hmm. and they I think they had three albums out before they changed their name to Maroon 5. Wow. I did a deep dive on this artist, but I didn't remember seeing that. Um, my deep dive was in the shallow end of the pool, though. All I know is that Sandra likes the song Sugar. Okay, yeah, that's <laughs> I, I got that uh, that too. You saw the Facebook. notification. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that's funny. Sh- sugar, sugar. <laughs> Next album. 
Next album is It Won't Be Soon Before Long from 2007. This was second to last for me. Middle. Um, This was my runner-up album. I gave it four fives. Five fives. Two fives. My top track was Won't Go Home Without You. Not Falling Apart. Mine was Kiwi. Mm-hmm. My bottom track was Kiwi. <laughs> Better That We Break. Um, mine was Little Of Your Time. And can I say that I had to go back and restructure everything after I was already done because I was looking for weirdest track and what drew me was Kiwi. And I was like, that's actually a five. Maybe I'm maybe I'm undervaluing this artist. Maybe it was too weird for me. I think uh, it was the only song that I... No, it wasn't it the grooves, only It grooves, man. It reminds it me of like a Prince. Uh-huh. That's it's, got, a... it's got like Bambi or Jack You Off. Like I those. didn't like Bambi, remember? I know you didn't. So, okay, so that... But I did uh, see the comparisons to Prince yeah. in this album. In this yeah. album. For sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think... I'm so glad that you said Bambi because I hated Bambi. <laughs> and maybe that's why I hated Kiwi. So it was such a like weird track for them. Like and as, as I was listening to the whole album, I hit that song and I was like, I think if I had heard it without knowing it was a Maroon 5 song, mm-hmm. I don't know that I would have known it was Maroon 5. Yeah. yeah. Our next album is Hands All Over from 2010. This was my runner up. This was my bottom album. This was right in the middle for me. Wow. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't this supposed to be like their shining achievement or so, I don't know why I think that, but I always have. Uh-uh. Their shining achievement was supposed oh. to be songs about Jane. Mm-hmm. That's what I heard okay. too. Okay. Yeah. They, so much so that they just came out with a 10 year anniversary mm-hmm. edition of it. Like some people like the hold songs about Jane like way up on the pedestal mm-hmm. as like mm-hmm. their like shining achievement. But I think it's also because it is very different from like their current sound. Yeah. And and they don't yeah, really much. make music like that anymore. I think people were just geeking on this album when it came out. That I, I liked, was that I, mean, I was I around or working with or something. I don't. It apparently I, I read quite a bit about it because I thought it was such a strange album, and apparently it didn't do well after the other two albums, and so that's when they went and put Moves Like Jagger on it and re-released it. Yeah, because Moves Like Jagger isn't technically is on not the on original that. release. Yeah. So correct. We are not we're not rating that song. Mm-hmm. It is like probably their top mm-hmm. song of all time. Yes. And we couldn't even rate it because it was not on any of the original releases. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody got to this point in the discography and had to come asking me. Where's Move Like, how, moves how, like do, how do I know which which songs were actually on the, the original, original release? Because this is listed as deluxe and I don't know what's what. And I told her and we, we still had some upset later on. How many fives? I gave it four fives. Four fives. I'm still at two fives. You were stingy. I am. It's okay. I like stingy, Megan. <laughs> My top track was Misery. Never gonna leave this bed. Mine was stutter. Okay, so that <laughs> song, you know that it's stutter, but he doesn't say it until the chorus, and you want to think it's shudder. Shudder, because yeah. he says shudder several times before the chorus, and I'm like, am I reading this right? Just making sure you're paying attention. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing, yeah, I had the I same w- trouble. It's paying attention. My bottom track was "Get Back in My Life." Don't know nothing. Mine was "Hands All Over." Which, I, as I, a title track for that album, I don't, I don't know. I was just like, what is this? I don't think I was a big fan of that one Agreed. either. I was disappointed. Moving on to our next album. It was Overexposed from 2012. This was my bottom album. This was my runner-up. This was my top album. I gave it three fives. Five fives. Three fives. My top track was Beautiful Goodbye. Love Somebody. Mine was One More Night. 
Bottom track was Fortune Teller. Lady Killer. Doing Dirt. That was a five for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, people that like Foster the People, uh, like their big album, I think Pumped Up Kicks mm-hmm. was on this uh, on that album. The same guy that did the cover art for Foster the People did it for the Overexposed album as well. I thought that, that was kind of cool. And this is a nice middle ground album if you because they they have a different sound if you start at the more recent stuff yeah. versus where they started. Um, this is right in the middle. I feel of those two things. And it's it's a nice segue if you're just trying to figure out, do I like the funkier stuff mm-hmm. or do I like the more synth, mainstream, yeah. 80s? Yeah. This is really rekindle. where they started putting like all that different production value yeah. into it. Like you can hear all the different yeah. tracks in the back. And yeah. what I thought was interesting is as I was looking at it, because it is a pretty big like changeover from hands all over to overexposed is this is when they started buying songs. They started getting people to write their songs for them. I did not see yeah. that at all. So mm. songs about Jane and those other two albums, they wrote everything. She's coming out, guns blazing, yeah. bang, bang. And then they moves like Jagger is one that they bought from somebody. Mm-hmm. And it worked so well that they just decided, all right, we we're going to just start letting other people write our songs. So yeah. That's where that changeover kind of happened. They started leaning more pop, I think. I mentioned in the questionnaire later about their um, production value, how it increased. Mm -hmm. Sometimes some of their stuff is overproduced so much so that it loses a little bit of the heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could agree with that. But you can definitely tell as they progress, their stuff gets more and more produced. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I think what I was seeing was that they still had a hand in a lot of the songwriting. It's just that they had more people working yeah. on oh, yeah. some of the songs. I wasn't really looking at Overexposed, though, when I was making that determination uh, that may completely kill some of the praise I have to offer. Let's move <laughs> on to the final album here. It's five from 2014. This was my middle album. This was my top album. This was my fourth album, so second from the bottom. I gave it five fives. Nine fives. Two fives. My top track is Unkiss Me. Coming back for you. Mine was Maps. And my bottom track is In Your Pocket. My heart is open. Mine was New Love. Mm. Anything we want to say about this before moving on to the questionnaire? Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Top album over there. Got some, got some things to say. Uh, Maps was the opening track. Mm-hmm. That and the very last track, which was My Heart is Open, were the only songs on this album that I didn't give fives to. And Maps was, it was right there. Uh, The song that I really had trouble with was My Heart is Open. I could tell from the moment it started to the moment they started singing, Sia had a hand in it. Mm. Oh, God. Okay. I don't know what it is, but I could hear it. And uh, this was the duet, right? Is that what you're talking about? With Gwen Stefani. Yeah. Yeah. But Sia had a hand as, as one of the primary songwriters here. And yeah, it knocked it back. This was a spectacular album, had great album artwork. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. was a shining beacon in this sea of the rest of it kind of blended together, even though I felt like a lot of it was different. Mm-hmm. This was more in line with uh, people who like the Stranger Things soundtrack mm-hmm. or what Ingrid Michaelson did with Stranger Songs. Mm-hmm. I think they'd really get into this CD. That's all I have to say. All right. Uh, that song with Gwen Stefani was his second uh, duet with, no, third, technically, with a voice co-star. He did one with with Alicia Keys. Oh, I didn't know he did one with Alicia Keys. I know he did one with uh, uh, Moves Like Jagger with, with Christina, Christina Aguilera. Aguilera. Yeah. She, he did Wild Horses 
off of Alicia Keys' Unplugged album oh, with her, okay. which is, in, in my opinion, not a good cover. It's the Rolling Stones cover? What? Wild Horses? Is Wild Horses a Rolling Stones cover? Uh, Yeah, but I always think of um, Mazzy Star oh, uh, singing it originally. My favorite version of that is done by Charlotte Martin. I don't know that one. I don't really, really, really good. I want to say Natasha Bedingfield, but I think she just has a song called Wild Horses. It's not and the you same thing. I think you're going I in. confuse them. It's a uh, I'm almost certain it's Charlotte Martin. Okay. It does the best version of Wild Horses for me. But throw it up on the mentions playlist. There you go. Yeah, I need to go listen to yours too cuz I haven't heard it. Anyway, <laughs> we're rambling. <laughs> have you have you ever seen Fear with Mark Wahlberg and I have. I don't remember much about it. If you if you've seen that movie, you remember the scene I'm talking about. The song is playing. <laughs> Anyway, don't put that on the mentions playlist. All right. All right. Moving on to our questionnaire. What was Maroon 5's weirdest track for y'all? You want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So mine, I put the duet with Gwen Stefani. One, because I don't think that their voices really match up too well. So I thought it was a weird thing to do anyways. Mm -hmm. But then to also know if you watch The Voice or anything like that, that Gwen is with Blake Shelton and yet... Gwen and Adam Levine are singing to each other a love song. Well, you know him and, and him that and just Blakers are it friends. just was struck me as so weird. Yeah. You know, like this the whole thing. I just thought this is very awkward. It it, it felt pushed. Yeah, forced. Yeah, yeah. I did not enjoy that duet. It felt like something C would write in her early albums. <laughs> we know how he feels about C's <laughs> yeah. early albums. Yes, people, we do. We do. What was your weirdest track, Shane? My weirdest track was Kiwi. Mm. It was groovier than most of their stuff. And like I said, I, I really like that, though. So it's not a bad, weird track. Yeah. Rayburn? It was close. It almost was Kiwi. I switched it to Fortune Teller at the last minute. So I think I ended up, I went back and I listened to both of them because I make notes throughout. I'm like, like put little dots, like go back and listen to this. This is weird. Yeah. And I put them up against each other and there was still something about Fortune Teller that was slightly weirder than Kiwi. So it was Fortune Teller. What was your best title? This one was hard for me. Um, I ended up going with Lady Killer just because I liked the title of the song and then the actual song itself. I mean, it was decent. Mm-hmm. It just, I think the title itself really kind of hits home. You yeah. remember it. Yeah. So Decent is a perfect explanation of that song. <laughs> not good. <laughs> Definitely not fantastic. Decent. decent. Mine was, it was always you. It's just something I'm going to go listen to. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sounds perfectly sappy and yep. Mine was better that we break because sometimes it's yeah better that way. Raven wants to be shattered. <laughs> Worst title? Okay, I took a, a little bit of a, a departure here and I didn't go with a song. I went with an album and I said the um, It Won't Be Soon Before Long album because what is that name? I don't know. Like it, it's not even grammatically correct. I couldn't figure out what they were going for. It, remi- it, it reminded me of the Smiths, How Soon Is Now? Like, what the hell? Yeah, I, I was like, I'm not sure what they're going for. And it, I just, it's weird. I think Jason Mraz was really popular at the time. And I don't mean to keep bringing him up, but his, his wordplay was a very common thing in that type of music at that point. So mm-hmm. maybe they were going for that. You also had the strange song titles from Fall Out Boy. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Panic did a lot of that as well. Yeah, yeah. It was... Uh, sign of the times if you will yeah and yes. i think maybe i had would have not thought it was strange if any of their album or like their song titles had been kind of that way yeah we're longer yeah even. but they're all very straightforward and i was like well that's it's just weird it was what weird. would you have used instead not a clue okay 
Yeah, I didn't get. That I like far. that album title. Yeah, he, not a clue. Yeah, <clears throat> maybe that's what they're we're going for. <laughs> I said uh, too many of the titles were blasé or already in use to choose. There were some, yeah, just not so great titles all around, which was odd considering the lyrical content. They put all their efforts in the lyrics and mm-hmm. were like, ah, I ain't got nothing left for a song title. Ooh, what about you? Beautiful Goodbye, only because Sweetest Goodbye was on a previous album, Songs About Jane, and then Beautiful Goodbye, I believe, was on good, yeah, Overexposed. What I too close, yeah. What I would have used in se- instead is Better Goodbye, because I rated the song higher. <laughs> nice. What would you say their strongest element is? Surprisingly solid lyricism. I wasn't anticipating the lyrics, like we talked about previously, I don't want the lyrics to stand out to me in a bad way. Mm-hmm. But sometimes with groups like Third Eye Blind, I find myself paying attention to the lyrics because they're just that good. And that was the case throughout a lot of this music. Uh, much more deep, raw, meaningful than I was expecting. Megan? Um, I said Levine's vocal range. Like I think his, his ability to sing both low and very, very high, especially mm-hmm. for a male vocalist, I think really carries a lot of those songs. And so I think that's that's really their strength. And I think as they started to lean more pop, they leaned even further into his vocals mm-hmm. because they knew that that's kind of what made him stand out, I think, yeah. from the other bands around that time. So I think that's their strength for sure. I agree. I said vocals and vintage inspirations. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're listening, aside from Kiwi, <laughs> when you're listening, you know you're listening to a Maroon 5 song. The minute that you hear Adam Levine's voice, you know, okay, this is either Maroon 5 or him as a singer artist mm-hmm. you know who that is mm-hmm. but touching on what you said earlier about the lyrics being so full of emotion adam levine's often said that his goal when people go to their concerts is either to make them feel really really sexy like the listeners feel sexy or make them cry so when he i don't know if that changes your perspective on listening back but they're either over sexualized mm-hmm. or they're really trying to tug at your heartstrings yeah, yeah. I, uh, I could tell that just listening but what would you say their weakest element is megan um i would say which raven kind of already touched on it is sometimes the production value goes a little too far and there's like too much background going on oops sorry it's okay <laughs> um too much background <laughs> background speaking of here's what i'm talking about um you like, just gave an example. That's I think that's why some people still hold songs about Jane so high in their Maroon 5 kind of playbook is because there isn't that huge production value. It's just the band and they kind of stand for themselves. So yeah, I think sometimes they push the production value in like the background tracking and all of that stuff a little too far. Yeah, I agree. We'll get into it later. I- um, my... Weakest element. I'm going to be in the woods here, I think, but it's Adam's voice. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, it wears on me quickly. I think this is probably the equivalent, Megan, of how you feel about LaRue or the lead singer of Queensryche. Queensryche. I knew you were going to go there. Like it, it grates on me pretty fast. And pretty the whole bitter. the whole trying to make people feel sexy thing that you were talking about, Rayburn, mm-hmm. the lyrics are there, but his voice puts me off as like, I don't find it attractive. You're not the weekend, you know okay. what I'm saying? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know he, you know who he's targeting, right? Sure. Rayburn and I. Sexiest man alive. The second sexiest man alive that wasn't an actor, first yeah. being one of the Kennedy boys. What the hell are you talking about He's right targeting now? people with vaginas, yes. Oh. yes. And unless you grew a vagina in the week that I haven't yeah. seen you. I didn't know what you were saying when you he were talking about sexiest. He was voted sexiest man alive. Yeah. Um, Pretty recently, actually, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm a heterosexual male. I'm just going to... <laughs> He's outnumbered right now. He yeah. doesn't like it. This is a... Abort, abort, abort. What was Cody talking about? Uh, Ryan Gosling, is that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's in the notebook. I, I literally just talked about him earlier. That's it's, funny. It's Leo for me, so... I like a good Leo, and too. Leo. Adam Levine is is not Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. You well, could throw... Um, who's... Uh, Help me out. Oceans. George Clooney? Yeah. George yeah. Clooney would be up there too. Like I would love to. Salt and pepper. I would love to age that gracefully. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I would like for you to age it? that gracefully oh, as oh. well. <laughs> it's not um, working out so far anyway. When, when we're talking about voices like that, Justin Timberlake automatically comes to mind. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to, I know somebody, somebody in particular will disagree with me. I'm sorry. But if you're going to put voices up against each other like that, it's, it's JT. You're yeah. in a room full of agreement right yeah. now. It's JT. Yeah. So anyway, back to the weakest element. I said it a lot nicer earlier in this episode, but what I wrote down was cookie cutter overproduced bullshit sounds. <laughs> some of it's, there, it seems like they're trying incredibly too mm-hmm. hard and something is forced. That doesn't mean I didn't like cookie cutter bullshit. Right. I need to see what I wrote because this is bothering me. Y'all keep coming over to it. I wrote that the music feels forced in places and therefore misses the mark. Some sad songs are too energetic and bright, while some disco type tracks focus so heavily on spacing in the mix that they simplify a required level of complexity just a tad under what I typically find interesting to listen to. Like they they make melodies simple mm-hmm. so that you can hear the instruments better yeah. where they're placed. It just doesn't do it for me. Well, and he's been, Adam Levine's been very um, open recently about how he knows they've leaned pop and that that's where their money is. Yeah. And so he's always said, like, our biggest tracks, the ones that are playable on the radio, we have to lean into that pop element so yeah. hard just to get the the airtime. And so I don't know if that means he prefers the older sound that they had and they just know that now they're kind of locked into this, you know, newer thing. I'm not sure. Well, when they started as Kara's Flowers, it was very unplugged garage band, almost Green Day, in- like, inspired. Mm. He even says a lot of his music that they were making back then when they were teens, it was rebellious and angry and they took a lot of you know, inspiration from Green Day. It wasn't until they became Maroon 5 and sort of developed their sound. He said he took a lot of inspiration from Stevie Wonder, Mm. which incidentally, when they redid the We Are the World, which Shane so lovingly mentioned last episode. We are the world. He did Stevie Wonder's part in the redo. Okay, yeah. So he thought that that was pretty cool that it kind of, everything came full circle. Mm Mm-hmm. And what Megan was talking about with them leaning into the pop element to succeed, I think there are going to be a lot of people out there who will say, well, this is a sellout band, then why not just do what you love? And I hate to break it, but if you hit the scene under primarily like a funk jazz alternative thing that you thought was going to be big, uh, you're locked into it. You're locked into touring and trying to make money and make a living with it. And there's not as much money in music as there used to be. Mm-hmm. People make money primarily now by selling merch and selling concert tickets and right. going on the road. It's mm-hmm. got nothing to do with what they release mainstream. Yeah. yeah. And I think way too many people get knocked for being sellouts because, yeah, not all of us have the financial capability to, to just write to what art. we love. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And a whole ass band 
with families and they're not going to just get away with doing what they love and right. living in a van, you right. know, it's down by the river. Anyway, where were we at? <laughs> what do you think Maroon 5 sounds like? Okay, so immediately I thought Fallout Boy. New like their newer stuff gives me a Fallout Boy vibe. But then as I started to hear more of it, I think some of their their actual tracks, maybe not the vocals but the tracks gives me a very Bruno Mars vibe. I got that. And so I thought that was kind of interesting as I listened to especially the, you know, five album. I could I could hear a lot of the same, you know, kind of tracks or whatever. Mm-hmm. So those are the two that I went with. I think that both I of like those it. are fair. I can see both of those. I said that Maroon 5 sounds like Panic at the Disco doing elevator or grocery store music. Although I wrote that early on, later in the discography, it does get better for me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm going to try not to be triggered. Um, I think that they sound like Justin Timberlake, Mm -hmm. at times John Mayer, John Legend, Prince, and Bruno Mars, now that Megan said it. Yeah. I completely agree on the Bruno Mars front. He he, it's like a new take on older funk. Yes, that's a great way of putting it. Yeah. Next question. When to listen, and how does music make you feel? Megan. Um, I just went with like an upbeat kind of a time. Like if you're ever if you want to be in a happy mood, even their sad songs, as Shane said earlier, sometimes are a little too happy. Like the the they just give you a very upbeat kind of dance feel to it. I think. I said when you're partying with disco rockers. All the no, time. there is a... Disco rockers. You know those disco rockers. You know what I mean? It's not disco, Mm-mm. but it's not rock. Mm-mm. If you're somewhere in the ballpark of like people who really like the Bee Gees and Michael Jackson and Lenny okay. Kravitz. Yep. I yeah. can see that, yeah. I'm literally This will go over well at a party. That yeah. one, the the open guitar, the... It's going over and over and over in my head. So you say disco rockers and that's all I can think of. Yeah. Sorry for giving you shit. You, Rayburn, <laughs> what was your answer? Um, I said when working out, mm-hmm. those later albums, in my opinion, are this is a great workout artist. It kind of makes you feel determined. Either that or like I'm in love in a sitcom. I've been watching a lot of Grey's Anatomy yeah. lately. Yeah. So I think Maroon 5 kind of. They do have a lot of love songs mm-hmm. and um, they're yeah. very mainstream. So I could see the sitcom thing going in there. Shane's looking at us like we're a little crazy, but that's fine. No, no, no. I'm just surprised. I feel like I write some brutal stuff sometimes, and y'all are bringing the pain today. <laughs> Captain Insano shows no mercy. <laughs> Whatever the fuck you just said. I said Captain Insano shows no mercy. Megan, did you get that? I got it. Thank you. Someone here likes me. What was your first or best experience with this artist? So I did not write anything because as my husband can attest my memory is terrible and i cannot remember the first time i ever heard a maroon 5 song so i couldn't associate it with the memory because i was like i really don't know like i i've known maroon 5 for a very long time they've always been around but i don't know when i'm assuming it was it would be a radio thing and this is why i want to age gracefully because (laughs) we'll wake up one day and she won't know who the hell i am and (laughs) if i just keep getting uglier and uglier eventually it's gonna be like no so this is like a 51st date situation. Yep. You got to like mm-hmm. make a tape to remind her of all the stuff she's done and said. <laughs> so I keep him around. So he keeps all the memories. <laughs> Shane, what about you? <laughs> uh, my best experience was hearing She Will Be Loved at the bowling alley after my first breakup was uh, helpful, if that makes any sense. I don't know the context of the relationship. I can't comment. I was not allowed to see her. So the notion that... If you can't love her, somebody will. Yeah. Got it. Okay. You know, that's good. I like that. My first experience was 
this love music video. I remember watching MTV and they played it all the time. My best experience, though, was the Heard Em Say music video. Kanye? This is Heard Em Say is a Kanye West song that featured Adam Levine singing his chorus from Nothing Lasts Forever, which in my opinion, that chorus being used in Heard Em Say is a better use of those lyrics and that song, Mic Drop. Okay, I'm gonna have to go watch this music video now, I guess. It's a um it's a drawn cartoon music video. I'm in a completely different place now. I'm just I'm upset over here thinking about the fact that Kanye didn't win the election. <laughs> Ask him maybe he has a chance in four four yeah, more years. They're gonna recount. Yee. Yee. <laughs> yay. Whatever. Yay. Whatever you prefer. You know what? I'm gonna go with yee, because I like it. Um, who would you want them to collaborate with and what song would you like them to cover? Um, so you know the duet he did with Lady A? Yes. Formerly Lady Antebellum, right? Yes. So when I listened to that, I immediately, because I liked that duet, I enjoyed it, I immediately thought of Kelly Clarkson. Okay. And I also thought of it because of The Voice. He seems to love collaborating with people that he coaches with on The Voice. Yeah. And she's on The Voice now. So I was like, you know, I bet that would work really well because she can kind of cross the little genre boundaries too. Like she can do country, she can do pop, she can mm-hmm. do rock. So mm-hmm. I think they could, they could collaborate well together, I think. Any song for them to cover? I don't know. Anything they want to do. Okay. Anything. Just give the just, woman anything. Just give me something. What about you, Shane? <laughs> I said Gwen Stefani. Um, oh, Lord. Try again. That's uh, where I'm at there. And the thing for me is I saw it going into the album, and I was really enjoying that album all the way through. And I was a big, you know, her debut album, Love Angel Music Baby. I was really into that when it first came out. And I thought, this is going to work perfectly. And then I got down to the end, and it kicked on, and I'm what the fuck am I listening to? I think I know what it is. And I open the credits and sure as shit, it's fucking Sia. And uh, yeah, if those two energies, like her high energy and their funk disco type, that could just work so well. Okay. So try again. But a song that I would want Maroon 5 to cover is a 70s song called Sad Eyes by Robert John. Okay. I think Adam could do a great job with that. Okay. I don't hate his voice, to be clear. It just is not something that I can listen to for a long time. Yeah. So not only does Adam think it's a good idea to collaborate with his voice (laughs) co-stars, but apparently we do as well because I listed Alicia Keys. Oh, how funny. And I would like them to cover Lay Me Down by Sam Smith. Mm. That would be good. That would be good. Wild Horses. Nope. No, thank you. Return to Cinder. No. (laughs) Try again. So it's interesting that Shane said that because I thought the exact same thing. Try again. I know there's something there. I can I can sense it. Do it again. Cool. Moving on to our next question. What makes this artist seem unique? Um, okay, so one is Levine's voice again. That's that's their trademark, I think. That's what makes them who they are. Mm-hmm. But I think the other thing is their ability to kind of harken back to the 70s funky vibe, but yet make it very modern. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, younger generations are listening to Maroon 5 and I don't even know if they realize where they're the, taking their where they're taking their inspiration from. but he's bringing it and making it more current so I think that's kind of you know something that they've got a you know a, a calling card of theirs I guess yeah yeah kids there's a lot more that you don't know mm-hmm. listen and in we'll tell you all about it my uh, very simplified version of Megan's answer apparently is the vocal and guitar wombo combo like it's the good. old wombo combo you say wombo combo and all I can think about is chumbo wombo I get knocked down. But I get, but I get up again. 
I said, uh, as I said previously, vocals are very recognizable. You know, you know when you hear Adam Levine's voice. It's no denying it. Sometimes it makes your ears bleed. A shame. I don't think I ever said <laughs> no, that. No, you didn't. <laughs> okay, I'll stick up for him. Shane enjoys his music. He just can't listen to it for long periods of time. Is it like a? Is this your artist that uh, your torture artist that Joseph was talking about? Billy, how Billy Eilish is his? Oh, no. funny. No, not a torture artist. I think if I'm being harsh to anyone here, it's Sia. And again, I really like the direction that she has gone more recently with her music. So it's not to knock it. It was just a, Weird it was too time. simple for me. Okay. It was too simple for me. That's all. Let's move along. <laughs> okay. Moving on. How could this artist be mo more successful in the future? Um, I just said stick with the, the pop feel that they got going. I think it's become their trademark. I think it's what people expect when they hear Maroon 5. Mm -hmm. And if they want to continue to be successful, I think they have to continue to do that. I think it's fine to take chances like, you know, with a track or two on mm -hmm. each album, you know, try something a little different. That's kind of where they went with Kiwi and I enjoyed it. Yeah. But um, but I think for the most part, they're kind of kind of need to stick with the feel that they've got going. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a hard episode to finish. I just want to stop and listen to Kiwi and Bambi now. <laughs> I said, keep the current sound or at least ensure stronger verses. Again, this is something that I wrote before the end of the discography. One of the things that really began to stand out to me, great, phenomenal lyricism, and Levine can write one hell of a hook. Mm -hmm. The problem for me is a lot of the times it felt like he wrote the hook and then they worked backward. Right. Mm, and just wound up with the these... the song around the hook. Yes, and, and it wound, you wind up with these blase verses, which mm -hmm. is kind of the opposite of what you're going to get further down the line in this episode. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I said continue to release music. I think a prime example of that is listening to this episode. There's something that each one of us liked mm -hmm. at different points in their disc discography. So I don't, I think no matter where they go, whatever direction they go in, obviously you, they want to stick probably with their more progressed sound because that's ultimately what got them the recognition. Mm -hmm. But looking back on songs about Jane, it just had its 10th anniversary re-release. There's a lot there mm -hmm. that they can either go back to their roots or continue to develop their sound. I think no matter what they do, they're going to be su successful if they keep making music. Yeah. I also said um, it wouldn't hurt them to release the Greatest Hits album. There's a lot of great mm -hmm. over that discography. It's all spread out. If you want to confine it to one Greatest Hits album, I don't think it would hurt. Yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. And yeah. I would say whoever picks their singles nails it almost every time. Like yeah. most of the singles that they put on the radio are some of my favorite songs that were on those albums. There's a few little gems in there that yeah. they didn't release, but yeah. But for the most part, they will again. Uh, there's not a there's not a bad album here. They're going to be looked back on pretty favorably mm -hmm. if they continue releasing what they've been releasing. Yeah, so. I agree. Which, out of their albums that we didn't pick, we didn't pick their newest album, which featured girls mm -hmm. like you. Mm -hmm. Which I never thought I would say, but I want to go listen to yeah. it after hearing five. It's it's a good song. I really, really liked it. Although I liked it without, as much as I dig on Cardi B, I liked it without the Cardi B track in the middle of it. It's a good song. I just, it's kind of like that finesse by Bruno Mars. Mm -hmm. Could have done without Cardi B in that one too. Yeah, I get you. So. I'm going to try not to be triggered over here. Okay. What's the next question? <laughs> Who would you recommend this artist to and why? Um, I would just say anybody that that enjoys like a upbeat pop kind of a feel with a little bit of a rock undertone. Mm -hmm. Like if you enjoy 
pop, but with a little bit of guitar and a little bit of kind of that that 70s funk, then I think you'll enjoy Maroon 5. I kind of already answered this earlier. I said I'd recommend the album 5 to people who like music that's featured in Stranger Things. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't recommend this artist. They're not bad. It's just not something I'm going to tell people to go listen to. I said anyone looking for a great motivational artist, I think that those later albums, you you especially in those later albums, like you can see the progression, you can see the push, you can see yeah. the drive behind trying to make themselves more successful. And I think that whether you're pushing to lose a few pounds or trying to get through a tough time, I think that they're great artists to listen to to help you through that. Good sound like that. And now we know what kind of music you work out to. Yeah. <laughs> Either that or some real gangster shit. There you go. So, but you see this body? It ain't working out. <laughs> it ain't working anywhere. A couple of optional discussion topics I want to mention. He has collaborated with a lot of different artists. He's done YOLO with Lonely Island, which was a skit on Saturday Night Live originally. I still go back and listen to it because it's, I love Lonely Island and it's stupid as hell. If you never see me again was his song that he redid with Rihanna. And he also, uh, like I said, did Heard Him Say with Kanye West and Wild Horses with Alicia Keys, Gwen Stefani, uh, Moves Like Jagger with Christina Aguilera. So, and there's one that I forgot to wrote down. Um, it's with another band. I don't I don't know if it's, um, who sings, pump, uh, not Pumped Up Kicks, that's Foster the People. I might come back to it. But that's all I wanted to say about them. Shane, if you have any optional discussion topics or Megan, feel free. I already said everything. I okay. Say. I'm good. I don't have much. Uh, I would throw out there that this band has a family-friendly sound, but their lyrics are surprisingly sexual and explicit mm-hmm. in a lot of places. So be aware of that. And I honestly kind of liked some of their explicit songs. Oh, I love it. I absolutely loved the Hands All Over album cover. Yeah. I it, thought that that was nice. That's yeah. one of those things where when the, the cuss words and the content shows up, it's it doesn't feel forced. Right. Uh, exactly right. He's a great lyricist. Really good. I remember the name of the band. He did a song with Gym Class Heroes. Can't remember the name of the song. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he was featured on one of the Gym Class Heroes songs. So the two songs that sounded similar to things, uh, the chorus of Not Come of Not Coming Home sounds similar, I think, to something Michael Jackson did, but I couldn't place it. Like if you listen to the chorus of that song, you should be able to hear it. The mm. I won't go home with oh, I don't know why I said that. Sorry. I just know the song title off the top of my head. Okay. I didn't Won't Go Home Without You sounds like something from somebody else to me. Not coming home. That was the name of this song. The beginning of Goodnight Goodnight's guitar riff sounds just like Kryptonite from Three Doors Down. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, that has to be purposeful because that's way too big of a known song, a known riff to just miss. Yeah. So that bothered me. Yeah. That song bothered me in general because I was really digging it. And then I hit that the chorus, I guess you would call it, where they just kept saying goodnight over and over and over again. And I was like, all right, well. That's great lyrics. Thank you. <laughs> and I kind of got, I think I gave it a four because of that because I wanted yeah. to give it a five. I think I agree right. with what she's saying. And I think that's it. This was a good artist to cover. Yes. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a easy week this week. Yeah. With that being said, let's take our break. <laughs> everybody feel rested 
I do. Totally. Yeah. Nice. Who's got song recommendations or suggestions this week? Did you bring anything to the table? No? Nope. Okay. Uh, nope. <laughs> Wasn't on my questionnaire. <laughs> the hell out of my face. <laughs> my song recommendation for the week is Why Judy by Hot Action Cop. My wife will surely attest to the fact that this song is a vibe. Mm-hmm. And it's almost universally unknown making it something that you could probably share with friends and they'll be like, what the fuck is this? How does no one know this? Okay. It is like, it's one of those songs that when it comes on, you just have to sing it. Just right. have to. And if you listen all the way through, it just gets better and better. I'm a little upset because the version on Spotify is edited, mm-hmm. but it doesn't take too much away from the listening experience. Nice. Rayburn? I actually thought about suggesting this last week. Um, and since Joseph brought up the subject later on when we had a private discussion after the episode about how misinformed I was about which song came from which Fast and the Furious movie, <laughs> I want to throw which I was wrong. It wasn't um, Limp Biscuits. Rolling. Rolling. It was actually Kid Rock, a Kid Rock song that I should have known. We all do that, I know, by the way, I including know. Joseph. I know. <laughs> we were talking during the corn week, and uh, I think he got me really excited about a corn kitty collaboration that existed. I think I said I wanted them mm-hmm. to work with Kitty. They've but already... it, it's, a, it's a different group that he was thinking of, and I can't remember what it was, but we all do it. It's, oh, it happens. Th- there's no shade. I actually told him, I said, I wish he would have mentioned it on the podcast on his episode. Because I should damn well know better. I think I've seen those movies almost as much as Joseph has, so I need to know better. But as a uh, as a I'm sorry, I'm going to recommend Six Days by DJ Shadow and Most Deaf. This was the song from Tokyo Drift. And I know that for a fact because it was pretty much my uh, theme song when we took our trip to Tokyo a year ago. So Six Days by DJ Shadow and Most Deaf. I think I've seen the first Fast and the Furious film mm-hmm. once. I still love you. I've okay. seen more Fast and the Furious movies than he has. Thank you. I love you more. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Blue does too. It's okay, Shane. It's okay. I forgive you. Do you have a plug? I do. Um, I've been playing a lot of Among Us recently. I know this has infected the whole mass Except for maybe Shane and Megan. I don't know if y'all have been playing. Uh, But we've been playing a lot of Among Us. Her reaction was perfect. Mm. Have have you known some people that have been filling up their time with Among Us? My my lovely students at school play it all of the time. We played it last night with... Samantha, Toby, and Gage online with a with a couple of uh, randos. It was very interesting, and we had a lot of fun. Especially Samantha, uh, Samantha and Toby. Toby actually, especially in his words, he liked it. Nice. So <laughs> um, we're gonna play again. But um, it's just it's especially during this socially distanced time. It's nice to have the option of playing something so easy. Yeah, and games are so quick with people that you're aren't you aren't around and if you've got young kids like we do play fall guys because your kid will get very interested running up to the tv and smacking everything in sight so you never win yeah cool (laughs) i'm gonna have to see that he loves when we get booted out at the end because we lost yeah they put you in this big grid and just boot you out of your little spot he thinks it's funny nice what a troll that boy Mm -hmm. my plug Mm -hmm. was a netflix show called love on the spectrum I've not stopped geeking about... I've already made Megan watch it this mm-hmm. week. 
I saw it on your Instagram post. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet. It kind of plays nicely into a recommendation from last week to the Peanut Butter Falcon film, mm -hmm. which is now on Prime Video. So if you don't have Hulu, you can watch it there as well. But Love on the Spectrum is a great show. Brutal, heartwarming, enlightening. I saw a clip on TikTok of what looks to be these two autistic people. He's bringing her flowers and mm -hmm. he tells her, he says, well, it looks like we're both autistic, doesn't it? And just that was the cutest, sweetest thing. She's like, yeah. And they go and have their little date. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if it's from that show. Are they British? Australian. 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 They do sound. They do sound vein. British in a little bit Maybe of it. it's from that. It probably is. It was really, is. really sweet. It is an inc it's an incredibly endearing show. Um, it's very heartwarming. And, you yeah. know, when we're all kind of stuck here at, in this pandemic time, it's kind of nice to watch something that makes you feel good. Restores yeah. your faith in humanity yeah. a bit. Yeah, It's like a really warm sunbeam. Mm -hmm. You're just... Well, you know how I feel about Derek. Yeah. So maybe... This is up your alley. Maybe this, yeah. is, this yeah. is one for me. I'm still not over they don't, that Derek didn't They don't play, back. you know, you don't get the YouTube clips for Hamster on a Piano or <laughs> Baby Monkey. It's okay. I'll just go back to those if if I need a if I need a good bop, a good bop. It's a good bop, man. Yeah. Anyway, hell of a break, but I'm ready to move on to Chevelle. What do we say? Yay! Let's do it. Y'all already situate your sheets. Yeah, we've been pretty oh. situated for a mm. while now. My bad. <laughs> you didn't see us making fun of you? Nope. <laughs> Whoa. Um, you wanna you or Megan even wanna take the reins on this uh this Chevelle drive? <laughs> Sorry, you're so funny. <laughs> I think you should do it because I I don't I don't you keep pace better than I will. Moi? Yeah. Okay. So the first album we covered by Chevelle was their not their debut release, but their first highly mainstream album. Mm hmm which was Wonder What's Next from 2002. This was my top album. This was middle of the road for me. Same, middle of the road. I gave it 10 fives. Five fives. Four fives. My top track was a toss-up between Family System and Don't Fake This. Mine was Forfeit. Mine was One Lonely Visitor. Zero percent surprised. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding, Raven. I'm just fucking with you. It's all right. Sometimes you know me better than I know it's myself. It's a really good song. Katie would agree as well. <laughs> My bottom track was Comfortable Liar. Wow. My bottom was Wonder What's Next. My bottom was Forfeit. I can't talk to you anymore. <laughs> Just kidding. She she visually cringed <laughs> when I said that, like she'd no, been okay. shot. Yeah. Comfortable Liar was the only thing that kept this from being a perfect rating for me. Wow. And uh, it's still a really good song. Just uh, took a little too long to get to the chorus, and the chorus wasn't punchy enough for me. Mm -hmm. Great sound, though. Anyway, next album we covered was This Type of Thinking from 2004. This was my runner-up. This was second from the bottom. This was my runner-up. I gave it ten fives. I gave it five fives. I gave it four fives. My top track was Breach Birth. Mine was Emotional Drought. Mine was Vitamin R. Bottom track was Panic Prone. Another know-it-all. Still running. Again, the bottom track was the only thing keeping this from being a perfect album mm -hmm. for me. <laughs> Next album we covered was Venus Sarah from 2007. This was my bottom album. 
This was also my bottom album. This was second to last for me. I gave it eight fives. I gave it four fives. Two. Top track was I Get It. I Get It. Safer Waters. Yeah. It was almost a toss-up for me. It was really close. Bottom track was The Fad. The bottom track was The Fad for me as well. Midnight to Midnight. I think that was another one of the Uh fours here. Mm. Uh, This one grew on me. And the thing about this album is it was, I think, something they did partially as a contractual obligation. It's a lot of uh, high production values put Mm. to some of their earlier cut B-side demo Mm. material. It, it just it takes some time for some of this to really start to grow on you. Yeah. The, but the mixing is a little muddy, muddy sometimes, which is weird because there's a high wall of sound and everything they do. But mostly you don't get muddy mixing where the bass just feels too heavy. Yeah, or yeah. there was like I even marked it on my sheet. There was a the middle of this album between five and eight. It's just all of it sounded so similar. Yep. Like they just started, the b- tracks just started blending together. I gave all the all of the tracks between, uh, with the exception of eight, all of them got threes. Yeah. It just, I mean, it, it wasn't was, terrible. Yeah. But it just, I was like, I even went back and listened to them. And I was like, no, they just all sound very similar. And I think it's because you're, like you're saying, it's it muddied the mixing. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, that's it, why this became my bottom track, my bottom album, just that middle area. It yeah. will tire your ears mm-hmm. in places. And there are a few weak choruses mm-hmm. primarily toward the middle of the album. Anyway, it is still, I think, a really good CD. And I think it's interesting that you and I both said the fad was our bottom because that was one of the singles off this album. Yeah. And it, I, I did not enjoy it. The first single off the album, I almost didn't give a five. Like I had to, it was, this was, I think I listened to this album three times and I'd heard it before, mm-hmm. you know, multiple occasions. So I don't know. Some of it just took a while to catch me, but mm-hmm. I get that. The next album we covered was La Gargola or The Gargoyle, from 2014. This was next to last for me. This was my top album. This was my top album as well. The only thing that really matters in my rankings, <laughs> we should point out, is my bottom album. So okay, fair enough. otherwise, there's not a whole lot of wiggle room here. The thing that was different about this, it should have been higher in the rankings, but these last two CDs only had 10 tracks. Right. And when you think about the fact that my purchase values were above $10 for the other albums before, it makes a little sense. I gave this album nine fives. I gave it six fives. I gave it five. Top track was Hunter Eats Hunter. Mine was Take Out the Gunman. Mine was Twinge. Twinge was my bottom track. Oh, mine was The Damned. Mine was Ouija Board. Mm, Yeah. Twinge was, again, the only thing... The one song that kept this from being a perfect album for me. Yeah. But I initially gave it a five. It's just when I went to listen to it again, I, I just, I was tired of it pretty quick. I think I gave Take Out the Gunman a five too. I think that that one was good. The next album we covered was The North Corridor from 2016. This was my middle pick. This was my runner up. This was my bottom album. I gave it 10 fives. I gave it five fives. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's a perfect rating. What did you give yeah. it? Five fives. Sorry, Megan. It's okay. I have a job. If I don't do, if I don't know anything about music, I at least have to do the burp, 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 Got it. Nailed it. <laughs> She's paying attention. I appreciate it. I gave it one five. One. All right. I have to pay attention. Christmas is coming up. There you go. Yeah, which I think that cements something for me about this CD mm-hmm. is it's not their most accessible album. It's heavy. Yeah. It's probably the heaviest album that they have. It's also most, the most recent. Mm-hmm. Aside from the B-sides, it's not. Yes. Yeah. It is heavy. I even wrote it down over here. Heavy. Heavy. She did. The I one word. Heavy. Yeah. The top track for me was Got Burned. 
Mine was door-to-door cannibals. Mine was joyride. Yeah, that's a great that's a great track. My bottom track was door-to-door cannibals. <laughs> Mine was shot from a cannon. Mine was Warhol's showbiz. Okay, that one I kind of understand. Shot from a cannon? It's too it's long. It's too long. Okay. It's just, I could, Coheed if they could have. Cambria. Yeah. What's that song called? Uh, I don't know. If they would have cut it. Home or... If they would have cut it. If you know it, please comment on this episode yeah. anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you Cambria that. Phrase. It would yeah. be a it little just, hard to yeah. listen to the whole thing. Yeah. It was hard to pick a bottom because I really enjoyed this CD. I enjoyed all of it. Let's be real. Yeah. But it's your choice. Maybe it was my choice. All of it. <laughs> I gave it all fives. Could you, I have another note over here. Did you figure out what I was talking about? The one thing that I tried discussing with you? No. Which was the similarity of the choruses Mm-mm. or the chorus rhythms, I should say. Door-to-door cannibals. The rhythm of the chorus sounds almost exactly like Take Out the Gunman. Mm, I can see that. Listen to them side by side. Yeah. Moving on to the questionnaire, unless anyone has anything to add. Nope. Nope. All right. Well, I will add the one thing I have to say about the picks for the week, the lineup. My wife managed to cut the album that has my favorite Chevelle song on it, which is Arise. Oh, yeah. I love that when you give me or the guest creative control, we always manage to cut your favorite part of anything. (laughs) It was hard to choose five albums and like my... You know, we hats off to the bull was another one that I cut off of here, and that's one of my favorite Chevelle albums. So it was difficult, but I wanted to give everybody the full experience, I guess, yeah. of their discography. You did a really good job mm-hmm. with album picks. Weirdest track. This was tough. I ended up going with Twinge. Not that I disliked it, but if you listen to their full discography, they are very consistent musicians, and this one was a little bit off their path of what they normally do, and I don't think it was bad. Agreed. I do think it was Stranger. It was my Kiwi. Yeah, it was it was it was Rayburn's Kiwi, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, I said punchline. Yeah, the jungle drums of it at the beginning of the song reminded me of "In the Air Tonight" by Phil Collins, mm-hmm. which is not a bad thing. Yeah. It's just not something that I was expecting. Yeah, to hear. I, I get that. So much of that last album just gets stuck in my head. Like I've had rivers in my head mm-hmm. all fucking week. I know your dad's talked about omen mm-hmm. multiple occasions i didn't even know he listened to chevelle neither did i my weirdest track was one ocean mm-hmm. now back in the day when this cd first came out megan was really interested in making me listen to it because <laughs> i hadn't heard it i don't think she really understood that i've been into chevelle and i'm a fan mm-hmm. and have, you know but one ocean always struck me as this what is this by way of comparison to the rest of everything that they do it's a little odd much more uh it has a blue october vibe to it yeah okay like when I listen to it, it, it definitely. But they have a few ballady type things they on do. a few of their albums that where they kind of go a little slow. One Lonely Visitor is mm-hmm. a good yeah. example of that. And this this did grow on me. I eventually gave it a five. It's a good song. Chorus just took a little getting used to. Gotcha. Um, best title. Uh, for me, I went Hunter Eats Hunter. I mean, you're never going to forget that <laughs> the name of that song. Isn't there a, a anime called Hunter x Hunter? That's yeah. all I could yeah. think about when I saw that song title. Yeah. As I hear y'all talk about it, I'm thinking of Lonely Island. Hunter the Hungry is going to eat. Oh, oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That one just sticks. My best title was Straight Jacket Fashion. Mm-hmm. I I saw it and immediately was like, yeah. 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 I can fuck. I can fucks with this. Yeah. yeah. So I liked it. Yours? Emotional Drought. Yeah. 
emotion. I was like, so I obviously am a Chevelle fan. I chose them. But um, Emotional Drought was one of those songs that I did not know. And so when I hit it, I was like, this is like a solid five. And I don't know how I never missed it in their discography. Flew. And I love the title of that. Just the whole emotion of that song. Flew right under your radar it did. this whole time. But I was like, dang, put that one up on the playlist. <laughs> I didn't know I liked that album as much as I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, worst title. Okay. So I went with Breach Birth. And I... Th- might be because I'm pregnant Maybe. and it hits some some weird tones with me, right? <laughs> but uh, I enjoyed the 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 meaning of that song. Mm-hmm. They're talking about, you know, like you breaking out of your own mold. So I said they should have called it Break the Mold instead. Mm-hmm. So I think Breach Birth. Targeting pregnant women everywhere. Yeah. Well, and it leans so like heavy metal. Like, you know how sometimes metal songs mm-hmm. will have a really brutal yeah. song title? And I think that's, it's a... That's why I love it. Yeah. I mean, I get it. But like if I you're said, a pregnant woman, I could definitely yeah. see it. <laughs> How that like, could oh. be a problem. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was where I went. My worst title was Punchline. What I would have used instead is Jungle Punch. Old Jungle Punch. Old Jungle Punch. That song, man. I remember when we would drive around and listen to the album, and I didn't know the lyrics. I had not looked the lyrics up. Mm-hmm. And I used to think they were saying, I don't hate nuns too much or something like that. Yeah. And it's what I don't hang on too much. Yeah. Yeah. I like I don't hang, hate nuns too much. Yeah. I don't I hate go with that. I had no idea what the song was about. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I like it, but that's a weird chorus line. My mom still thinks that Ricky Bobby, do the Ricky Bobby stop, pose for the frame. She still thinks it says, hose my brain. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Explain to me what the fuck that means. <laughs> do the Ricky Bobby stop, hose my brain. Hose my brain. She had a dance and everything. What the hell? Nice. That's your mama. That's my mama. That's my mammy. <sighs> Must run in the family. We'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, my worst title was Warhol's Showbiz. I don't know why, but this one took me a while to actually give a five to. There was just something felt forced about the inclusion of Andy Warhol. Mm-hmm. Like they're tr- trying overly to be artsy. Or just to catch people's attention. Like mm-hmm. somebody's going to listen to this because they like Warhol's work. Uh, I would have just called it showbiz, mm-hmm. but that's me. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I can see that. What was their strongest element? Um, I would say it's mixing their melodic vocals with the hard kind of metal sound. I think um, Pete, the lead singer of Chevelle, I think he's got a very interesting voice mm-hmm. and he's able to go very soft, but also very hard mm-hmm. and he uses it to his advantage. And then I think they're their drop tuning that they mm-hmm. kind of have leaned into, like that that really like heavy guitar sound. I think two of those are their strongest elements. My answer's really close in line with Megan's. I said vocals and guitar stylings, mainly the bass and lead guitar. Mm-hmm. I think that that is their strongest element and something that I really enjoyed when listening to Chevelle. I said they're reliably dark grooves because this is dark mm-hmm. and it fucking grooves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What was their weakest element? <laughs> um, I said sometimes they're similar sounding riffs. They are very consistent as a band. I think you get Chevelle and you know it's Chevelle. I'm loving what I'm hearing from you right now. <laughs> but there are certain times where you hear a song and you think it sounds a lot like one of their other songs. Not always a bad thing. I'm always so worried I'm going to piss off our guest by like <laughs> dogging on their favorite artist. No, no. I said lack of experimentation and mm-hmm. too consistent. Mm-hmm. So... I I love their consistency, but sometimes it can be too much. And sure. I I think those I there was another album that I had. Uh, it was the North Corridor, 
between four and seven, those were all threes. Too consistently good, maybe. No. (laughs) All I'm going to say to what you said is I did not give them anything below a three. I did not either. I'm going to leave it at that. I don't, I did not give a single three. It was all fours and fives. But to talk a little bit more about what Megan said for riffs that sound the same, uh, speaking as a guitarist, someone who plays piano, someone who's played bass, uh, it's really drums that would be out of my depth, Mm -hmm. but it's the tuning. The tuning is creating a like a particular sound. Mm-hmm. So their their melody work is pretty complex in a lot of places, and this shit is not easy to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the motherfucker gets on stage and plays and sings at the same time. Yeah. Damn. The fact that they are a three-man band, so Pete sings and plays lead guitar, and they have no backup rhythm guitar. So he is it, yeah. you know, and, the, it, and we have seen him live and he is very, very good. Fucking wow. Aren't there? Okay. So the band originally consisted of three guys. Three brothers. Yeah. yeah. They're all brothers. Mm-hmm. I thought two of them were. Okay. So they're all brothers. Did you know that they were originally marketed as a Christian band? Mm-hmm. I was like, what? Uh, yeah. Very, very early on. But they, they have they have walked very far away from yeah. that. I think they are yeah. Christian. You can openly hear it. Christian. You can hear it yeah. in the course. But they are not the a Christian work. band. Don't go looking for Christian rock from this band because that is not what they're putting out. When did one of the brothers walk away? They let, He left, I think I wrote it down, right before Venus era. So I guess 2006. Okay. The bassist left the brother and then they the brother-in-law was is now the bassist so it's two brothers and a brother-in-law started on venusera actually venusera was his first album that was not the best foot forward no but it's interesting because i looked it up because i you don't really as you're listening to their discography get a change in sound even though they lost a member and got somebody different Mm -hmm. and so i looked it up and apparently the brother he was the youngest brother Mm. the the bassist that left did not put anything towards the music he just was like i want to learn the rhythm i just i'm just gonna play yeah and then they started i guess to have family issues and so he ended up leaving so really they didn't lose anything about the musicality because chevelle writes all of their own stuff yep yeah everything we we talked about the fact that uh if wonder maybe it was me and joseph who talked about it but if if wonder what's next was released that first album yeah and then what is it 14 years later, they put the North Corridor out. Mm-hmm. If those albums had been released back to back, I wouldn't have known there was that much time that went by. Right. They have a very consistent sound. Yeah. Uh, my weakest element was some bland chorus work. Mm-hmm. Not a whole lot. Most of it, I actually like that they challenge a lot of chorus norms mm-hmm. and they do it effectively. There's plenty of examples of that going bad. Chevelle does a good job of not really having too much at in places of hard-hitting chorus things you're going to expect but when it fails it does so pretty significantly yeah uh what does chevelle sound like oh man um so obviously the big one you're going to hear a lot is tool they are produced by the people that produce tools so there is a bit of a tool sound there i think they're a little bit less experimental they're more controlled than tool but then the other one that i started to as i listened to their discography like you know back to back to back they got some deftones vibes they they really do. <laughs> I don't know if that's a, a look of that's why I love this woman or <laughs> damn I'm leaving her here when I leave. Sort of that's look. probably what he wrote down. What to. was your answer, Raven? <laughs> yeah. I said nine inch nails, fuel, and at times with the guitar, yellow card and seether. 
Okay. I can see, see that. that. Yeah, I can see this. My answer was a concentration of tool. I talked about it on the tool episode about how uh, if, if Chevelle was just too long, mm-hmm. too, you know, out in too the wild. <laughs> yeah, you could get the same sort of sound mm-hmm. out of tool. But I also said that they had the Deftones talent hey, for Maggie. immersion. Yeah. We're yeah. married for a reason, folks. <laughs> yeah, there's there's something about when you're listening to a lot of the Deftones spacey stuff, mm-hmm. you get really super immersed in the music and just aren't thinking about anything else. And Chevelle has a talent for that in a big way. Agreed. Not knocking any Tool fans. If you want to hear us, nope. If you want to hear us do any of that, oh, there was a previous episode. But when comparing Tool and Chevelle, give me Chevelle. Yeah, give me Chevelle any day. That's my pace. Not saying that Tool's bad. Right. There's a lot more experimentation yes. with Tool. Absolutely. But yeah, there are some similarities. I just seem to identify more with Chevelle. I love them both. <laughs> I'm still listening to it. I'm. I regularly. still listen to Tool. And it's 16 minutes long, you know, and I'll sit there and listen to the whole thing. I don't do that. (laughs) But I still listen to Tool. Yeah, Um, no, I appreciate Tool for sure. When would everyone listen to Chevelle and how does the music make you feel? Okay, so I listen to Chevelle when I'm working out because it gives you that pumped up like vibe, especially those last few albums that are a little bit heavier. Like, mm-hmm. man, you could you could do some running to some Chevelle. But um, I also like to listen to it when I'm angry. <laughs> there, um, that's probably when she listens to it more. Let's uh, yeah. be real. Yeah, I mean, like you know, we talked about Maroon Five. They write a lot of love songs, a lot of like kind of pop feel good stuff. Listening to their five albums, there's not a love song in there. They don't write about love. They write about you know current events. They write about mm-hmm. harder things, mm-hmm. and you can hear it when he sings it you know and it kind of gives you that release of anger that you might have over whatever megan loves a good release i do yeah (laughs) so that's that's kind of when you know i listen to chevelle anytime let's be real but when i'm angry it it will give you a good sense of release so i said when dealing with an internal struggle yeah i can i can feel it i can see it yeah i get it i also love a good release not to derail from the Chevelle conversation, but I think one of the things that I like so much about Thrice, mm-hmm. because lyrically, uh, the Christian, you know, I like Christian rock a lot. I don't know if people know that about me. Not a re- super religious person or anything, but I, I like listening to that music. Mm-hmm. But I especially like it when the lyrics are not, I like it subtle. I like it to feel like they're talking about nature or, you know, uh, spiritualism or even current events. It could be political. You get that full spectrum that I think you're getting with Chevelle. The difference with Thrice, the thing that I really appreciate most of the time is you do get songs that could have nothing to do with love, but they still feel very Mm -hmm. loving. There's some of that in Chevelle. Yeah, like Grab Thy Hand. That that, that one. I mean, they, they don't expressly say that it's about love or anything like that, but you're like, well... Yeah. He's talking about wanting to grab somebody's hand and help them out and things yeah. like that. So there is some some of it. I would listen anytime that I don't have a headache. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I made that mistake, uh, had a bad day, and tried to listen to one of these albums and I was not having it. So as long as you don't have a headache, you can listen to Chevelle anytime. And the music makes me feel like I'm having good sex. Okay. Yeah. Release. Yeah. yeah release. Speaking of releases. Yeah. Immersion. Yeah. No, I can get that. What was your fest? I almost said fist. (laughs) What was your first or best experience with this artist? So I'm pretty sure the first song I ever heard was The Clincher. That was kind of like one of their biggest singles. And I think it just came on through some sort of Pandora mix or something like that when I was listening to other kind of heavier things. And then that kind of just led me down the Chevelle path. And 
Love that title, by the way. Yeah, no, it's a good one too. And that's, yeah, so I think that was my first experience. Obviously, I, if I say best experience, I'd be seeing them in concert. We went to a metal. Is this that outdoor venue? Yeah, it was what, like an is outdoor. Is that where you all saw Chevelle? Mm-hmm. It was like a big rock metal kind of concert outdoor venue. There were like three or four stages. It was in a field across from the Texas Motor Speedway. Yeah. Who did you see? Who did you really want to see? Who were you there to see? Was it Deftones? Their Deftones were there too, I wanted yeah. to see both of them. They right. they played back to back, I'm pretty sure, on the same yeah. stage. It was and amazing. And then probably half the, cu- half the crowd cut out before Avenged Sevenfold came yes, on. because they were the headliner. Oh, But nice. Chevelle and Deftones played right before them. It had them. been raining and, you know, multiple yeah. stages all day long, I'm sure. This was the same outdoor venue that... Joseph was talking about where he saw that Swiss band. Yes. yes. Okay. And yes. I had completely forgotten. Avatar. Had mm-hmm. completely forgotten that we did take them out there. Yeah. We took them and dropped them off and then went back later. <laughs> yeah, because it was raining and we just didn't yeah. want to chill out there. Yeah. And it was going to be hot. Yeah. I think I think we met up with you guys the not maybe the day after, and yeah. you guys were telling us about it and how it was. It was supposed awesome. to get hot, and you guys were so tired. Yeah. It was just a big old field. You're just standing the whole yeah. time, but it, it was it was really cool. It was really enjoyable to see them live. <laughs> In a heartbeat, yeah. would do that again. I would definitely, yeah. No, I would definitely. They're very, even live, they sound very good for a three-person band to carry all of that music. Yeah. They do really, really well. I said, growing up as a preteen was my first experience. Chevelle was kind of always around. I think the um, what Wonder What's Next album, obviously, was probably my first introduction to Chevelle. Didn't get super into it. But I listened to a lot of uh, rock stations at that mm-hmm. time on the radio. And they just, again, like Maroon 5, they were kind of around close to the same time. It mm-hmm. was just two different genres of music. Right. Um, and my best experience with this artist was probably this week and expanding on their discography and finding stuff that I didn't know I would really get into. Mm-hmm. So good. I went with my first. It was listening to the Wonder What's Next album with Jay. Um when I started visiting her, dates were more just sitting around the house, listening to music and stuff with her. And this is one that sticks out. She had the fucking poster on the wall of the band, and we had to listen to the entire CD. And I, I just remember Family System coming on. Yeah, I was hooked. And so much that I can relate story-wise to this. Like, I remember, you know, Joseph sleeping in our living room at the apartment that I shared with Codes and... Mm-hmm. uh <laughs> You know, that's when the clincher and everything else was out and big. And Venus era with I Get It is right when you and I were Mm -hmm. getting together together for real. How does it feel to get with someone that has appreciation in the same band that you have? What's that like? (laughs) You don't have that experience? I do, but I have you both here. I don't have my spouse to be able to compare. I'm just wondering from your perspective, how great is that when you find something, especially in something that you both yeah. are very passionate about? I mean, I would even say that when we play the music guessing game, like if, I, if I'm if i not the one running the game, <laughs> I want Megan on my team always. Yeah. She has strengths that I don't and I need that. Right. So. That's how I feel about Blue. I want the wild card. Yeah. But... <laughs> 
What's it like for you, Megan, to be with someone who likes the same group that you do? Um, I mean, it's obviously nice. It's just another common interest that we have. I remember when I figured out that Chevelle was going to be touring right by us or whatever, and I was like, we should go. And the tickets were not cheap because it was a big rock festival. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there was a ton of bands there or whatever, and he didn't even blink an eye. He was like, what? Chevelle and Deftones? Absolutely. Yeah, I think the at the time... It would have been like if, if Lamb of God was there too, it would have been just, just the, topped it off. Yeah. 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 Sweet. I was and just curious. The thing that people don't mention often enough is that it's not just a a common interest that is neat, you know, it's one that actually makes a difference because couples tend to spend a lot of time in cars together. Right. Mm-hmm. And one thing we rarely fight about is what we're listening to on the radio. Mm-hmm. And that is very nice. Yeah. Blue and I are like that too. But if he's driving most of the time, it's like a, you want me to quiz you sort of thing. I'm right. All right. I said, I'm just trying to sharpen your skills because if I'm driving, I'm asking for that shit. I'm like, quiz me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Road trips. We do that on road trips. Yeah. Yeah. Where are we at here? Who would you want Chevelle to collaborate with? And what song would you want Chevelle to cover? Okay, so I didn't write anything because I can honestly say I don't know if I want them to collaborate with other people. Like, I think the way that they work together is works so well. I have a hard time imagining somebody else being in the fold of that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, they've never really done any collaborations that I've mm-hmm. seen. That's not something that they really do. And they're very private. If you've tried to look into any of their lives or whatever, mm-hmm. they're a very private band. Yeah. So... I don't know. I don't even know what it would look like. And maybe that's why I have a hard time imagining them collaborating with somebody because they, they haven't. You don't want to dip your water, dip your toes in the waters of the unknown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you might get something you don't want to ask. You didn't ask for. Mm-hmm. What about you? I did say somebody. Um, there were a couple of these songs that this person immediately came to my mind. Haley Williams from Paramore. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I would want them to cover So Far Away by Stained. Mm-hmm. I think that that would be interesting. That would be not Paramore, just Haley Williams. I get you. I think the instrumentals and the um, driving force behind the music needs to ultimately lie with Chevelle. Yeah. I just think she would be a nice little female vocal cherry on top. Yeah. You? Well, I'm kind of in the same boat, but I didn't write my name down that I needed to. It's the lead singer of In This Moment. That's uh, Yeah, that's right. I should know because, yeah, one of my favorite voices in any genre. Uh I would actually want them to cover a song together specifically, and it would be Close My Eyes Forever by Lita Ford and Ozzy Osbourne. That's a good one. I would love to hear that sort of heavy-ass collaboration out of these wildly talented voices. Yeah, I think that would be interesting. I think it would be interesting, too. When she said Paramore, I thought of In This Moment as well. Yeah. Yeah. What makes this artist seem unique? Um, so I said one is their melodic rock tones. They, I wouldn't call them heavy metal. They're not heavy metal. They lean heavy sometimes, Mm -hmm. especially in those later albums, but they have a very real talent of giving you a break in a song. So they're not just going full speed the whole time, like some metal can do. And then you just get so overwhelmed by the vocals and everything. They really can slow it down. And their breakdowns are so good. Like at the end of, you know, like I, even like songs that I'm, I know, I still have to wait until the breakdown because they I love all of the breakdowns that they do. Mm-hmm. They just have a very real talent for mixing up within a song so you don't start to get tired of whatever yeah. that riff or whatever that, that vocal is. And, and I, I think we both said that this week took us longer than anticipated mm-hmm. because once we started listening to the music, it wasn't just about rating it. We wanted to sit there and listen to it. Mm-hmm. See, and I think that it has been my problem with 
metal-ish artists in the past is I, as a listener, especially me being the type of listener that I am, I need a palate cleanser. Mm -hmm. I need a break. I need something different in between those heavy hitting songs because if I'm listening to them, they all start to run together. Right. And I hate when that happens because it makes me feel like I'm trying too hard to find something that I enjoy in the song, whether it be lyrics or a riff mm -hmm. or a hook or, you know, I don't want to have to search so hard. So it's nice to have that in between. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just said it's about as dark as a rock groove is going to get. Mm -hmm. It's right there on the cusp of going metal, yeah. but it's not metal. It's rock. It's fantastic. Uh, how could this artist be most successful in the future? Wait, I didn't answer. You were talking a lot for someone was, who didn't I'm answer. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, back to what makes this artist, artist seem unique to me is the vocal stylings and the consistency. I know I gave them crap about being too consistent, but at the same time, I take a great deal of comfort in their consistency. Mm -hmm. You know what you're going to get from them. That's probably another reason why you know they haven't done collaborations and they're very, very private. The way that their music is they definitely stay very true to their vision. Yeah. And that's something that I appreciate. But at the same time, it would be refreshing for them to try something different. Yeah. But I'm kind of like you is, do I want to tip my toes in mm -hmm. unknown waters? Mm -hmm. What about success in the future? Um. So obviously I said stick with their sound, I think. If, which we didn't listen to point number one, the very first, like their first album that they came out with. But point number one is done in a normal standard tuning. It's very like, you know, kind of like a rock band or it's whatever. not the rest of the disc and it's not the rest of the yeah exactly so then when they hit wonder what's next and they dick yeah <laughs> i didn't say dick it's not um, the rest of the dick <laughs> when it's we just, hit the the, tip. just the tip <laughs> <laughs> y'all are bad sorry so we both looked at each other when you said dick <laughs> further proving our point save me she said dick we're 12 year old children over here yeah what are they what, do I, what am i doing with these two um no. So anyway, so when they started using drop tuning, when they started going deeper and using those heavier chords, I think that is kind of their sound. It's mixing that with Pete's kind of pretty vocals a lot mm -hmm. of the time that gives them their sound that they have. And I don't think they can go away from that. That's kind of consistency. But I think the other thing that can keep them successful is sticking to their vision, writing their own stuff. Mm -hmm. Like they've been very controlling of it as far as like we write all the music, we write all the lyrics. They just have somebody come in and produce the album after they've recorded it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is what has kept them consistent. And the fact that they've found success by doing pretty much everything on their own, mm -hmm. not being, I don't want to say like tarnished by the big money making right. machine. Yeah. That's something to not shake a stick at, yeah, especially in this day and age. Um, that, I, that's not your answer. So that's I'm not my wait answer. Patiently. Sorry. Apparently, I'm only allowed to talk when it's my turn. Yep. Um, I said to continue to make music, um, possibly experiment and collab. But based off of what I've been saying, I don't really know what I want from them. I know that I want them to make more music. I mm -hmm. want them to continue to make music however they see fit. Apparently, they're doing something that we all like. Right. Yep. So I'm not going to um, be too nitpicky here. Yeah. Well, my primary thing for success in the future is just tighten some choruses in places. This should have been uh, four perfect ratings from me. The only reason it wasn't is just a slight amount of chorus that, that didn't didn't pull you too far away from what you were already getting in the song. Mm -hmm. It's a good sound. It just needs to be slightly different when you hit the hook. Uh, the other thing would be avoid high-speed strumming riffs. Yeah. Like you get on 
Venusera in places. Yeah. The, they're sticking with the chugging sound of it really is kind of their thing. And we've talked about it because my younger brother, when he was learning to play guitar, he was very into that deep kind of chugging sound. And I think if he continued on his music journey, he would make music like Chevelle makes. Yep. And I think you're right. When they start to go fast, it muddies. Yeah. And again, it's strumming. If you had like a melody that you were playing on the guitar, which they do a lot in places mm -hmm. as well. That works really well. But if you're doing high speed strumming, it does muddy things, especially after those first few albums where uh, the bass was kind of its own element uh -huh. in a noticeable way. Anyway, who would you recommend this artist to and why? Um, that's tough. I would recommend him to somebody maybe that likes heavy music but needs the break of the vocals because i think they had like if you took the vocals out you would they'd lean pretty metal right yeah it's rayburn yeah it's yeah me. it's so if it's, it's somebody that really enjoys that but can't get through the really hard heavy metal vocals i think chevelle's a really good mix agreed I said anyone seeking help to get through a struggle. Mm -hmm. I think Chevelle is a great artist to get them through it or at least help them progress through what they're going through, whether it be positive <laughs> or negative. Sorry. Oh, no, you're good. My house is literally falling apart. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know what was happening. One of our foam pieces fell. Ah, gotcha. Hit the printer. So gotcha. you hear that when editing. Sorry about your life. I hit the table earlier. I actually did it. So sorry. Dang. I ignored it. <laughs> My answer here was people who want a hard rock artist to obsess over mm -hmm. because their work is almost always solid. Mm -hmm. And again, it is pretty accessible. I think if, so. If you're, you just want to get a little deeper into something that's closer to metal. Yeah. It's hard rock. Yeah. It's not rock. And they have some stuff like, I mean, the clincher is a great one to start with because it is um, on the softer side for them. But they have some other ones like, you know, um, the red, I which would was prefer really big. I liked the red, but if I had to choose between like the, the clincher or the red, I think I would ultimately go with the clincher. Yeah. I think it's just a better song to start off with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have, yeah. and then like we were talking about, I think we all agreed the last two albums, so Largo Gola and North Quarter are heavier. Mm -hmm. So if you would prefer the intro sound, go to some of their earlier stuff. Yeah, or if you just want an easy intro into the group, go and listen to One Ocean or One Lonely Visitor. Both yeah. will... A lot give you some slower. idea. That's all I have for Chevelle. So I'm going to go ahead and ask, who took it for you guys this week? I mean, for me, obviously, it was Chevelle. 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 I am pleasantly surprised with you, Rayburn. I, <laughs> I, was, I didn't know how you would feel about Chevelle. I thought we had a chance because their vocals are a little bit more mainstream mm -hmm. than some other heavier bands that we would. I was surprised as well. Good. I thought it, Maroon 5 would have taken it. I covered uh, Chevelle first mm -hmm. and like I said, was very pleasantly surprised with what they had to offer. And then I don't accumulate my averages until the very end from both artists. So the overall average when I found out that Chevelle, which going back and looking, I gave twos to Maroon 5. I did too. I did not give a single two or below to Chevelle. And that's ultimately what did it for them. So, And I think that ultimately tells you just how consistent of an artist they mm -hmm. are. Mm -hmm. I think, and which we just talked about it last night because I was looking at Chevelle Facts. They actually just finished their album. They're coming out with a new album. They mm -hmm. just finished it a couple of days ago. And from what I read about it, Pete said that they're going more melodic. 
So kind of moving away from the heavy and they're going back to wonder what's next and that more yeah. melodic sound, which I think will be good for, you know, a break from their heavier stuff they've been doing. But yeah. but again, they, they're they so consistent, like as you can, you know, it's probably going to be a good album just based on listening to everything else they've done. Most definitely. I do not have a tough time as much as you. <laughs> yeah. So. He's, I felt, well, like we said in the beginning of the podcast, I like most music. He does. He's always been passionate about music. And it's interesting because when I, I started with Maroon 5 first and um, I didn't give them a whole lot of fives. And I felt like I even asked, I was like, I feel like I'm being really stingy with the fives. And even when I hit Chevelle, he gave Chevelle more fives than I did. And I'm the one that chose them. But I don't know. He... And Maroon 5 is not to be dismissed no, either no, because no, no, no. vaguely she said that she uh, found her favorite album in those last two. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was five. I really did, because when I hit that album, I was like, holy shit. But apparently not. There's so much versatility in those five albums that we listen to. Mm -hmm. You know, had it been some other artist, I think they would have stood a shot. But it's going to be really hard to beat Chevelle. Mm -hmm. I'm, as we know, I'm different when giving out fives. I gave Maroon five, more fives, probably because they have more of their like mainstream mm -hmm. sound. But consistency. Yeah. Yep. Chevelle took consistency by far. Yeah. So, and I think it's because they're such a stickler. I mean, their albums are not long; like they're all eleven or ten tracks. Mm -hmm. But I think that they are so such a perfectionist about their work that they only release what they really want to release. And I love that these two artists were basically, you know, they're making music at the exact same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they and are. So I love that there's not like a like a generational advantage yeah, to true. either artist that we've had in the past. Yeah. So I love that. Track number pretty much the same, mm -hmm. making music at the same time, two different genres, but I just love that we kind of close the gap on the differences a little yeah. bit more this week. Good week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, we've got some stuff to cover here, so we're going to split it up because we messed up. Um, I still have five more songs left to give. I do not. And we have not asked... Megan, a single question from her questionnaire. So we're going to do the five questions. I'm going to do my five songs, and then we'll do the final five questions before we get to the draw. We got too comfortable, man. What uh -huh. the hell? Yeah. Maybe it's because we, we were excited. We feel like we know we're already. That's, yeah, probably part of it. Yeah. <laughs> kind of around, you know. Tell us about your favorite concert experience, Megan. Okay, so this was tough because I have been to quite a few concerts, but I think ultimately I went with the Trans-Siberian Orchestra concert just for the entire experience that you get. Like, I mean, like we just talked about, I've been to Chevelle, we've been to, you know, Fall Out Boy, we've been to Panic at the Disco, all these artists that we love, but... Something about a TSO show and the whole holiday spirit and everything that happens there, it's just, it's an experience I think everybody should should have. And I'm still pissed off that I didn't take the bait the last time that y'all went and then all this bullshit yeah, started. Yeah, yeah. And it's definitely not going to happen this year. No, so I've, definitely I've not. been a lot and she's been even more than I have, mm -hmm. so... I, I need to go. I would love to go. I've heard nothing but good things, yeah, and it would be right up both Blue and I's alley. Yes. Oh, yeah. Ask her brother. It was boring. Oh. He wasn't so into it. No, like now we're talking about the younger brother. No, the, the older, older brother. The older brother. Oh, because I was going to say, I'm surprised the younger brother no, would he, say such a thing. I think he was on a date. I don't even know what you're talking about, so. Okay. Well, he went, and he, he talked about it. Anyway. <laughs> Next question. 
Next guest question is, what's one of your favorite moments in a song? So Shane can attest that I was struggling with this one yesterday when I was filling out the questionnaire. Not because I don't have favorite moments, but because I couldn't think of a specific one. Mm -hmm. So eventually I hit one, you know, disturbs cover of Sound of Silence. Yes. Okay. So when you're listening to that song, which already is an intense song and Mm -hmm. coming from, you know, the lead singer of Disturbed. But, you know, when you hit the like the whole full chorus comes in. Yes. Goosebumps every time. It's funny that you said like something about the Trans-Siberian Orchestra before that because they, I know they do a lot of that. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, but I like, get it. There's so many songs that I can think of like where the, you hit that kind of crescendo moment and mm-hmm. it just gives you goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Those are probably my favorite moments. That's a good pick. Thank you for that sort of moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think most people here, everybody here, likes the original. A lot. Sure, yeah. I know people who hate that cover, and that blows. Oh, that my cover is amazing. Mind. That's my rec- like- that's my song recommendation. There you go. <laughs> Disturbed sound of silence. It's. I, I love the I love the original. I'm sure. a big Simon and Garfunkel mm-hmm. person. I wouldn't say that's a bad cover. Agua. It's just when people ask me, oh, you know, no, it's so much better than the original. I think they have a different vibe. Yeah. Yep. Megan, what's your first album you remember purchasing? Or owning. Owning. Okay. So Shane already knows this because we've been married for a while, but it was an In Vogue album and I couldn't remember the name of it, but I do remember having it. um, It was one of the first ones I can remember having the whole album and it was called Funky Divas. It's the one that had, you know, never going to get it. Never going to get it. Yeah. Fear Your Mind. Fear Your Mind. Like, and it's funny because it is a great album. And knowing my parents as an adult, I'm honestly surprised they bought it for me because they did. I was, you know, a young kid. Yeah. And I just remember listening to it over and over and over again. And that's kind of where I think my love for music and that whole, and that's probably where the salt and pepper thing kind of comes yeah. in. Yeah. Um, that attitude. That attitude of it all or whatever. But it's the first time I remember having an album that wasn't attached to my brothers because I grew up with two brothers and they were very into rap for a long time. And then mm. they moved into metal. Y'all used to sit in the garage and have like dance parties yes. or something. So this was the first one where it was really just me, like yeah. me wanting something, you know, like a girl kind of power thing. So like it's in her bedroom alone. Just, None of your business. Yep. Yep. What Nice. That's how, that's how it went down. Mm-hmm. This is why, even even if you even if you weren't with my cousin and co-host, I would still want to be friends with you. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> how was your this, speaking of growing up and your taste in music? How has your taste in music evolved over time? Um, I would say as I've gotten older, I'm just more open to different types of music. Even like I'm not a huge country person, but I will listen to country music, and I appreciate mm-hmm. a lot about country music now. You know, I can't imagine ever listening to. Certain certain things as a younger kid that I do now. And I think even music that maybe isn't my taste, I can still appreciate for what it is and how much mm-hmm. effort an artist puts into that particular yeah. music. So I really think just being more open about what, I, what I'm what i willing to listen to. And Lord knows she's had to listen to some really weird, stupid shit yes, I over am, the years. I am married to Shane Windham, and he will make me listen to all kinds of things. Ray, we're going to test. He brings some things to the table that... Thank God he found <laughs> someone. That's all I'm going to say. I love you to death. People love me. I know. I, I'm one of those people. I love you to death, but I could not take getting voicemail after voicemail of your fuckery more than I already do. Thank God you have your wife and yep. you can bullshit all you want. You know, you're lucky to have her. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
What's an album you love, which most people probably have never heard? So I had to think about this one for a little bit, but I eventually went with Melanie Martinez, the Crybaby album. Yeah. Mostly because I don't, I mean, she's kind of hit some success, but not really as much as I think she deserves. Yeah. And I really like that album. Like almost everything on that album is, is, is good. really We're good. We're vibing over here. Yeah. You can leave if you want. <laughs> I haven't actually sat down to listen to most of it. It's, it's good. It's really good. Hey, Blue likes it. Blue does, and I have literally have the album right there. I can let you borrow it. <laughs> I haven't listened to it in a while. I know. I it. have access if okay. I want to listen to yeah. it. I'm fine. It, but that's, I mean, because she she was on the um, the, voice, the Voice, right? Yeah. Speaking of her cover of Crazy, but originally done by Gnarls Barkley, is See, I don't know if so I heard good. that one. Yeah. But she she's just very unique, mm-hmm. but um, kind of got an indie vibe, I guess mm-hmm. I would say to her. Have you heard the new K through 12 album? I have not. And when I was looking on Spotify, I saw that she'd come up with a new album. I'm about to listen mm-hmm. to it now. But I, I got a couple of favorites on there too. There's a she also acted, directed, and wrote a whole movie to go with that whole album. Oh wow, that's on YouTube as well. Was Let's that the that. fifth question? Yes. Yes, I was gonna tell you. Go ahead. Y'all are geeking. Was just <laughs> we're having a vibe over here. You Mel- were. Melanie Martinez is in the jar. I promise you. Good. Yeah, might get drawn soon as well. Maybe. So. Who knows? Because it's a special episode, yes, right? It's it's, it's specials because she's only got two albums yeah. out right now. All right. So five more songs for me. Mm-hmm. First one is "About to Break" by Third Eye Blind. After we moved in together in Dallas, we were starting to make pretty good money. Megan got a new car, but decided against keeping the satellite radio beyond that free trial period, uh, leaving her with nothing but one of my random MP3 CDs and her new sound system. It was a good CD, so she drove around for ages with only that disc to listen to. And when she finally asked me to make her more mixes, her one request was that it didn't have this song on it. (laughs) Apparently, the disc restarted every time she started the car. And this song was the first song to come on. It was at the front, Mm -hmm. slowly driving her to hate it, Mm -hmm. which is a travesty because it's such a good song. We know how he feels about Third Eye Blind. And it's funny because it's not a bad song, but after you hear it about 500 times, every time you start your car, I was like, I can't do it anymore because it started with an A. It was the first on the the CD or whatever. I was like, no, no more. So we we even to this day, when it comes on just randomly when we're listening to certain things, I'm like, I go ahead and skip it for her. I'm nice. (laughs) That's love right there. Blues. Papa Roach's Last Resort was Blue's uh, wake-up alarm for the longest time. Still cannot, <laughs> I don't know why, but still cannot listen to that song. We get to uh, Japan. The first English-speaking song that is playing is Last Resort by Papa Roach. Oh, how funny. I nice. literally looked at Blue and I said, is it too late to go home? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Next for me is Un Reo de Sol by Los Diablos as part of our wedding reception. <laughs> Meg said that we should recreate a ridiculous YouTube video titled Drunk Mexican Dancing. Rayburn, I'm sure you'll agree that it was one of her more brilliant moments. It was, and I loved getting to participate in it. Yes. I'm pretty sure I like threw my knee out uh-huh. at one point with all the kicking. But if you want to see that video, I'm sure Shane can find it and put it on our YouTube mentions. Yeah, the original, not our yes. wedding stuff. No, 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 no. Nobody that recorded exists, that. That exists, I'm sure. But, uh, I bet it does exist somewhere, but I hope not. It was a good time. It was a lot of fun. We danced the whole song. Yes. I swear we danced longer than If you didn't know what was going on, I feel really bad for the people that were there who didn't. You have to check out the video and then just picture the, the... this group of us doing that particular dance. It's so good too. And yeah. funny for me because when I grew up, 
a lot of my friends were Hispanic and I would go to the barbecues and the family events and holy shit, the drunk uncle mm-hmm. is real. <laughs> thank, it's real. Thank God everyone wore an appropriate size pants and nobody had the longest <laughs> the long belt. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my next pick is Shut It Down by Drake. We were living in our first house, getting ready for the upcoming Halloween parties. Life was pretty perfect. And I remember we were in the bedroom listening to this song. Not exactly sure what we were doing, if you know what I'm saying. But uh, Megan's phone rang, then kept ringing, prompting a swift halt of activity. It was one of her parents letting her know that her older, or that her oldest brother, Aubrey, was in intensive care after a car part had flown through his windshield and essentially shattered his entire face, almost killing him. Uh, the month that followed was anything but easy. She handled it like a boss. And hearing this song now helps me remember that I shouldn't take the present moment for granted. The life can change on a dime. And luckily, she's in my corner every time that it does. Mm -hmm. Well, look at you being sweet. Like I said, this is not sappy. This is a, (laughs) you're going to get sappy. And and she's, this, the co-host over here is going to hate it. Oh, no. That is not true. I've gotten sappy before. You'd be laying on the couch after the show like, and when you come on the show, Blue, (laughs) you got to try to outdo this or... No. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Your 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 natural setting is either one of two things: extreme troll or extremely heartfelt. Mm-hmm. And whatever setting you're in, as much shit as I want to give you, I love you in either setting. Well, I'm glad. Yeah, good. That's why I like being around everyone in this house as well, because <laughs> the three of you also have those same settings. Yes, true. <laughs> Next pick is "Weekend in New England" by Barry Manilow. This is here. Because when I finally decided to watch the show Friends from start to finish, I came home and was all confused by what was happening when this song was played in the show. I'd seen plenty of the series because I lived with Sandra for years and she watched the shit out of this show, but it was always bits and pieces. And when I tried for the full experience, a certain someone got too impatient and skipped ahead without me. To be fair... I do that sort of thing to her all the time. I'm pretty sure Friends, I binge watched it when I was pregnant the first time because I didn't feel well. And it kind of gives you, Friends gives you a good feel, feel good. It's real easy to like kind of binge watch it. Yeah. And yes, he would go to work and he'd come home and I would be 20 episodes past where he was. (laughs) I had to just start leaving the room. I was so happy that I finally sat down. I was enjoying it. We were on the same page. And then the fuck is even happening right now? My last pick is Ain't Too Proud to Beg by The Temptations. Where's this going, Shane? I wonder. And, uh, <laughs> Me too. In one of Eddie Murphy's stand-ups, he imitates his father getting drunk on the weekend, talking silly shit to his wife and messing up song lyrics. And if that ain't me, I don't know what is. I'll add the video to mention so people can see just what this woman has to put up with, <laughs> having married an idiot like myself. She used to laugh a lot at my stupidity. Not so much these days. <laughs> Uh, She simply tunes my dumbass out most of the time. This song is one Eddie's dad screws up lyrics to in the skit, and it always makes me appreciate my wife. I like to keep it interesting, but interesting can be anything but easy. So again, very happy to have her. Get you someone that puts up with your dumbass. Yep, yep. Sometimes, sometimes on those Friday nights, I put the rules up. Rules. Yeah. Yeah. Don't leave the house. And since you're such a smart motherfucker, you can't go outside no more. <laughs> can't use the phone. <laughs> yeah. I've heard it many a time. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. drunk, Lil. <laughs> the worst part is knowing eventually Taylor will be Eddie. 
He'll yep. be calling on the weekends trying to talk to his mom, <laughs> and I'll pick up the phone. Yep. <laughs> anyway. It's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Next five questions. What is your guilty pleasure artist? Do you need the definition of a guilty pleasure no, artist? It's funny that you say that, though, because as I was going to answer this, I was like, should I troll them like <laughs> Eric did? And because he didn't understand what a, guilty, yeah, what a guilty us. pleasure artist was. What was he? What did he even say the first time? He said somebody that was good. And we're yeah. like, really? And we were like, that's your guilty pleasure. Anyways, my guilty pleasure artist is Ariana Grande. Okay, because she's very pop, very like teen, you know, but man, some of her songs are so catchy. Mm-hmm. And so I catch myself listening to them a lot. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, come on. Like, I don't know. I'm disappointed you didn't say Fergie. Uh, I mean, I could listen to some Fergie, too. I'm <laughs> not going to lie. <laughs> I could. I honestly thought this girl going to say Fergie. Ariana Grande. Hungry. Get it. Oh, Fergie's yeah. hungry. Hungry is my jam. Yeah. But yeah, Ariana Grande. I don't know. I don't give you shit for Ariana Grande. You just don't listen to it around me, so. Well, no. That's her guilty pleasure. Yeah. She can't. She I feels. listen to it around a lot of people. In my car on the way to school in the morning, I'll listen to some Ariana Grande. <laughs> she feels some sort of way. She's got she's to listen to it alone. Mm-hmm. She don't want to be judged. That's right. Don't judge me. What artist do you refuse to listen to? Okay, so it goes back to that whole, you know, being open to music thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I would refuse to listen to anybody, but once I've listened to somebody and I'm like, nah, man. So my big ones, especially because I teach high school students, um, would be like Lil Pump or some of those like... She's your wife. Yeah, some of those more new rappers, as we're calling them, mm-hmm. the mumble rap or whatever. I just can't. I mean, like the kids will ask me certain questions like, have you heard this song? Nah, because I don't want to. Like, I can't really go down that path. I don't appreciate it, maybe. Blue's been jamming broccoli here lately. (laughs) That's that's his bumping song, apparently. (laughs) Broccoli. I had to move away from Lil Pump's music in my head, and that took me to Lil Windex. And then I'm I'm thinking about your brother in the the little... Yeah, I'm thinking about Logan in the talk video. He's like, if... If you don't put potato chips on your sandwich, <laughs> I probably don't like you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't gotten into a lot of the mumble rap or what you would classify as mumble rap here yeah. lately. There have been a couple of artists, but I mostly have been sticking with artists like Childish Gambino. Drake, yeah. Yeah. Um, Kendrick Lamar on occasion. So I've been like on that side, although sometimes I do love Lil Yachty. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's a, every once in a while there's one, but like just I could not imagine sitting down and listening to a discography of a bunch of that mumble rap. Like I can't understand what they're saying. We might be prejudiced, but I can promise you Lil, Lil Pump is not in that jar. <laughs> <laughs> well done. So glad for you guys. So if you feel like trolling us <laughs> and you hear this, you could. <laughs> Moving on. What's your favorite music video? So there's, I mean, there's a lot of them, but the one that I went with was really any of OK Go's music videos because they're just so interesting. Plus, I like OK Go's music or whatever. But I went with their first one, which is Here It Goes Again. That's the one with the treadmills and that whole thing. Because really, that's the first time I remember seeing a video filmed in that style. And then they've kind of stuck with it in most of their others. Old YouTube. Old YouTube. Yeah. But it's just one that I could watch continuously. And My favorite part is when one of the guys almost trips. Yeah. Because like it's like, how many times do they have to film that? I, I can't know. even run on a treadmill. I can't mm-hmm. imagine like doing all the things they did. <laughs> you would love to see them live. Yeah. Love to see them I would. live. They're, they're a captivating show. band. What's your favorite live album? Okay. So again, this is one I talked to Shane about a little bit. I don't really listen to live albums. 
Like that's not really something that I pursue mm-hmm. or whatever. But when I was thinking about like live songs that I like, I kind of go back to like the 90s Nirvana, Alice in Chains, Unplugged kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's really the last time I can think I enjoyed a live version of a song more than the studio version of something. I think nowadays it's not quite as common Mm-mm. unless you're like actually watching them like live on like the VMAs or something like that. But Live albums are usually reserved for those older artists. Yeah. Live in Berlin or, you know, whatever. But I don't know why everyone's looking at me. I don't. Well, you were shaking your head. You so. look like you're gonna, you want to say something. No, like... I just live music is... Sometimes it's really, really phenomenal. Oh, yeah. No, I don't. I'm not discounting it. And I enjoy live concerts and like just the the whole vibe yeah. of live music. And, you know, that we're all stuck inside during the pandemic. We don't really get it as much. But maybe that's what people want, like the live inside. music feel or to yeah. know what they sound like live without actually having to go see them yeah. or something. Yeah. Speaking of live music, one of the Joseph songs from last week, that quarantine fucking tonight mm-hmm. is a live thing that Mark Rebier has been doing on YouTube. And we drove over to my mom's last night to drop off uh, <laughs> goodies. Goodies, yeah. Christmas goodies. Yeah, because I didn't have the bread or the cookies or any of that ready. So I took it over there and I walked into the garage. And the first thing that hits me is Joseph sitting in a chair <laughs> smoking a cigarette. He starts singing Quarantine Fucking Tonight. <laughs> Boy, if you don't get out of here. That's yep. funny. What'd you bring me anyway? Last question for our guest questions is... What makes for a bad musician, in your opinion? It sounds kind of generic, but I would say a musician that doesn't know their own strengths and weaknesses. Because I feel like, you know, any musician has something to add to the table, especially, Mm -hmm. you know, as they progress. But if you don't know what your strengths are as a musician, then that's usually when they fail Mm -hmm. because they're trying to push something that they're not good at. Like if you're good at lyrics and you're good at writing, then maybe stick with the writing and the lyrics. Or if you're good with, you know, the actual music, then do that. I just think that some people try to solo it on their own and they're not really able to do everything that they need to be doing. And that's usually kind of where where it doesn't hit. I like that answer. Same. Very much agreed. All right. Sorry. I will beat you with this sheet of paper. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Next week, we've got Austin and Codes of the Semi-Friendly Podcast coming on. They've chosen Sturgill Simpson as their artist. Should be interesting. I have not heard a lot of Sturgill Simpson. I believe he won an album of the year Mm -hmm. not all that long ago. Uh, I tried offering them two picks, you know, because they're two people, but they wanted the full brutality of a random draw. What they forgot, however, is that I've still got a free artist pick to use this season. Now, we're still giving them a random draw, but this week, for the first time in the current season, it's coming from our main jam jar, which we've not used at all. Yes, we're giving the Listener Jam Jar a break this week, but that's mostly because Codes has a handful of picks in said jar. And I want that guy to know he's coming into our wheelhouse. (laughs) Uh, Megan, would you be so kind as to draw from our jar of wonders? I would love to. I hope I get something brutal for Cody and Austin. I feel good about this, but I probably shouldn't. Uh, These draws are like beating a raid in Destiny. You're hoping for an exotic to drop, knowing it's unlikely to go your way. Oh, no. I got um, ELO, Electric Light Orchestra. For real? For real. Well, Sturgill Simpson, I would like to congratulate you on your win ahead of time. You motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Just jokes. I will wreck your shit Calm your titties. Give it a chance. I'll let you pick the albums just so I've got you to blame. Okay. 
And, you know, I, I love that I'm going into this. I can have three people hating me instead of one. Fine. They might love ELO. I might love ELO. We'll see. I was hoping for the Spice Girls. I'm just going to throw that out there. I would not be disappointed, and you know who I am. <laughs> uh, Megan, thank you so much for being such a wonderful guest this week. And it was a lovely surprise for all the shit storms that have been happening around me. I definitely had something to look forward to this week, and I'm sure your husband, who wanted to have you on, feels the same. You were great company. Yeah. Thank you. I would usually gift you with a shirt. It is still on its way. All right. But I'm sure we can work something out to where I can give it to you in the near future. I think I'll probably see you again. So I think Or she can just right. steal mine, because I've got one. And also true. Lord knows that when you're in a relationship, they will steal your T-shirts. That is true. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah. still going to get you your own. Oh, I appreciate so you. I was very excited about this, by the way. I, I told her I had trouble sleeping last night. It felt like Christmas. <laughs> you know, you're trying to get through the yeah. night so you can open your presents. I'm too excited to sleep. We, we had a really hard time not talking to each other throughout the week about how we were feeling about certain things. Yeah. Well, good. The personal hell is over now. Mm -hmm. you, can, you can. We can speak again. Yes, you can talk now. <sighs> I guess if I have to... <laughs> Well, that's going to do it for this week. Come find us online and let us know what you want to hear next, because it's what you choose to share that ultimately makes your melody unforgettable. You can email us at rated underscore radio at yahoo.com. And with that, we're gone again until next time. Fill your life with Chevelle music. <laughs>